what's what's the pushback on on the mustard take? <laughs> what's the pushback? Explain your trash mustard take. It's not a trash take. I said, I said I don't know why we all pretend like spicy mustard isn't just sour mustard. It's not spicy. There's nothing spicy about it. What spicy mustard have you had? <laughs> Maybe it's my own palate. I, I've never had a spicy mustard where I was like, mm, that's spicy. Okay. It's always just like a, um, uh, like, like, <sighs> it's, it's hard to describe. I, I feel like spicy mustard, even in its name, is kind of a, a misnomer in a way because it's not usually just called spicy mustard. It's usually like stone ground mustard yeah. or brown mustard or right. like there's there's so I feel like spicy mustard's an umbrella. Yeah, okay. For a lot of mustard varieties that are spicy. Well, let me let me also say this. I I like spicy mustard. You should have had, added think, that in there. I think that's where a lot of the pushback's yeah, coming from. I think a lot, yeah. Because that's how I took it at first. And then after I sent that opposing tweet I, uh, I I was like, maybe he's not saying it's a bad thing. No, not at all. But that it's just not what it is. I eat spicy mustard all the time. It's just the idea that it's spicy. It's not spicy. You have to lead with that because, you know. Well, there's also the shock value of the tweet. Of course. You know, making it um, concise and... Yeah, yeah. You know, making spicy. it... Spicy. Yeah, making it spicy. Right. So... But spicy still. mustard is spicy. It's not like it's it, not spicy. It's not. It's not like oh my god, unbearably spicy. But like I've had some some. There's spicy not even mustard. a kick to it. There, in good spicy mustard, there is for sure. Maybe I've maybe I've just had bad spicy mustard my yeah. whole life. I don't Probably. know. I'm, may, I'll go and get some like some really fancy shit. Okay. And then I'll report back. Please do. Um, <laughs> I've never seen that meme that you posted splash splash <laughs> you're being being stretch. Stretch. i don't even know where i found that honestly i that just saved it good. i almost was like it, it's it's better than the tweet and i kind of <laughs> just want to delete the tweet now <laughs> you sunk my battleship <laughs> yeah i've been waiting to use that one so i'm yeah. glad you provide me that opportunity you're welcome yep all right let's get into this bitch okay <clears throat> we uh we're keeping it local here, folks, as we often do and try to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I strolled on down to our neighbors at Sideward Brewing Company and got something real special. Obesius, tell the folks what we're drinking today. We have the Sideward version of All Together, which is a worldwide collaboration brewed to support hospitality professionals. It's an IPA at 6.5% ABV, and it comes in a pint. Um it's it's pretty interesting actually. The All Together project is, um, as they say on the can, hosted by Other Half Brewing. Um, it was kind of just an idea to help raise funds for, um, you know, local breweries and uh, service industry people. And basically, the the idea of it is, uh, you know, a lot of smaller breweries get together and make their own version of an All Together beer, and a portion of whatever they make for sales of that goes to um, all the service industry people in need right now, right? Because of COVID, so interesting thing seems mm. seems like a good worthy cause. And you know, we try to do our part <sighs> even in the little ways. We try. <clears throat> so let's crack these bitches open because no matter how good 
of a service they're doing for people in need, what it really comes down to is how does this motherfucker taste? We're, we're absolute savages. That's right. So let's find out. This is the One Baron Podcast. see your face yeah it's pretty it's not bad tasty beverage that's right uh this is the one baron podcast the podcast for two brews crack open a brew and see where that one brew takes us my name is marco dupa with me as always the great and powerful adam obesius rodriguez what is up brewskies this is episode 265 and uh we're just rolling right along like, share, and subscribe wherever podcasts are sold and listened to. Throw us a review. And yeah, five stars. Please. Only if you really feel like it. And kind of even if you don't. If you don't, email us. Yeah. And, and, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And then we'll uh, put your email in the trash. Hey. I'm kidding. We value all opinions here at the One Baron Podcast. We'll mark you as spam. Yeah. Even my trash opinion, apparently, <laughs> on, uh, on mustard. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, we get like some um some Dijon. Dijon. Some Dijon. Some champagne Dijon. Yeah. Mm. Some Dijon. How do you feel about a uh, horseradish? Speaking of spicy. I'll eat horseradish. Okay. Yeah. Again though, that is a, that to me is a sour sensation than it is so, spicy. You're broken. It's not spicy. It's very spicy. It's not. It's not even. It, it's it not goes even right remote. up your nose. Oh, it's not even remote, remotely. It's like. Um, it's a different kind of spicy, though. It's like wasabi. Well, it's because all the wasabi you have is horseradish. Right, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing, yeah. But that, but that's the sensation. When yeah, people yeah. say it's spicy, to me, it's like. It's not spicy. There's not. It's a different sensation. It's, it's like a, it's a hot a, umami kind of thing. It's, it's not a, it's spicy. It's a nose spice. It goes right up your nose. I don't know. I guess. You know, I guess just being Indian, man. Yeah. The it's just the levels are different, dude. My I levels guess. are different. Yeah. I when when that shit doesn't bother me, and I guess anything that doesn't bother me to me is not spicy. So I'll eat okay. wasabi, and like since it doesn't do anything but taste good, mm-hmm. I don't even get that sensation in my nose really that much. It doesn't really like. It's because it's all clogged up. It's it's better. It's been better. <laughs> okay. I've been using the fucking spray, and I've at uh-huh. least been able to br- uh, uh, breathe. <laughs> yeah. I've been sleeping. Well, I always sleep well, but yeah, that's never stopped. I'm you. pretty sure I haven't been snoring, at least not as loud. I mean, I'm right in the middle of the fucking house. I was just thinking that if I was snoring, at least somebody would come and tell me. You echo in the halls like an old ghost, yeah, dude. My, you know, I hate to blow his spot up, but he would laugh at this. My cousin, dude, his snoring. I swear to God. <laughs> it, it's it's the worst I've ever heard in my whole life. Wow. I came down the stairs when he had he had just slept over. A little bit of your own medicine. Oh man, it was. I mean, he told me. <sighs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish it was like cartoon character, like Goofy, mm-hmm. you know, blowing his hat off of his face, kind of thing. No, man, this is aggressive. This mm-hmm. is like violent. This is violent snores. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've heard snores that sound like the person is dying. Yeah. 
Like yeah. you want to wake them up because it sounds like they're not getting enough air. <laughs> they're probably not. They're honestly, probably not. They're yeah. probably not. A sleep apnea. Yeah. Yeah. They probably need a sleep apnea machine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And 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 he t- he warned me. He was like, you know, you probably don't want to. I snore pretty loud. <laughs> you don't probably. want any of this. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, come on, man. I snore too. It's not that big a deal. And he was like, seriously. Right. And uh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't lying. It was. It was. I. I never heard anything like it. Never let, heard anything let, like let it. Let me uh, let me propose a situation for you. Uh, you're seeing this girl. She's beautiful, really funny. Get along great. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> you have your first night together. Goes well. She's asleep. Uh huh. She falls asleep before you. And she snores, just like that. <laughs> you literally can't go back to sleep because of how loud she's being. <laughs> Deal breaker or no? Um, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, how how perfect is she? How perfect are we talking? I didn't say perfect. I thought she's great. She looks great. I mean, if she's not perfect, <laughs> there's a lot of great women out there. Yeah. Yep. But like you guys have a connection. You clicked. She's she's gets you. She gets your humor. She makes you laugh. Oh man, that's tough. She's really smart. <laughs> very, very, very smart. smart. Uh, but that one thing. Well, I guess for me, it would be hypocritical to be like, I know I snore, but your shit is really fucked up. But does that matter? <laughs> because you still can't get sleep. That's true. I mean, from my viewpoint, no. I guess you could just go for the strategy of next time I'm going to fall asleep first. Yeah, if I could get to sleep before her, then for sure. And right. I, you, you know, can, yeah. of course. So maybe that's a strategy. Yeah, but. that's a strat. Um, or is it something where you just have to deal with it? I mean, I could sleep in the other room. I could always sleep in the other room. Yeah, but she'd ask questions. You know what? At this point, at this stage in my life, I am I am done being dishonest about the little things mm-hmm. to keep things on an even keel. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> It's just I've just made too many mistakes trying to be Mr. Nice Guy, right? And right. trying to keep everything avoid an issue that ends up becoming a bigger issue because right. you don't address it when it's not a big issue, right? I've, I, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm I'm done with that. So okay, in this instance, she would have to deal with the fact that I'm letting her know your shit is <laughs> fucked up. You probably need to go to the doctor or something because right. this isn't okay. Get a breathing strip. I could deal with it. Okay. I think I could deal with it. Okay. I mean, it would drive me. Oh man, dude! But you have to hear him though. It, it was. <laughs> I came down the stairs and I was. Uh, for a second, I thought he was fucking with me. Yeah. Because it was so loud, mm-hmm. so aggressive. I was like, "That can't be real. <laughs> that can't be real." Yeah. Yeah. So. I've I've heard that before. Fuck. It. Have you ever heard a snore that's so like visceral? It kind of grosses you out. It's like a ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's like predator. <laughs> yeah. No, that would that would be um that'd be pretty bad. Yeah. That'd be pretty bad. I don't like it. No. I don't like it. No. I mean it's involuntary, you know, I get it. Right. But at the same time, it's like you could voluntarily like wear a breast <laughs> strip or like, yeah, go to the doctor. Maybe maybe you need a CPAP machine and you're even if you're young and and hot and keep yourself together, you never yeah. know. I don't know. Does sleep apnea 
can it affect people even the even people who aren't who are in good shape and like yeah 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 i think it can i, I think it can affect your heart and it you obviously don't get good enough sleep well it's well i'm saying like you, because the biggest underlying cause of sleep apnea is being overweight and mm. and um when you sleep a certain way you literally stop breathing yeah and uh i'm wondering can can somebody who it isn't afflicted by those things. Could it just be like the onset of something else? Is it like a neurological thing or a different physical? Yeah, uh, I, I would guess it'd have something to do with your respiratory system, right? Or right. Your, your nasal passages, or you're not just getting you're not getting enough uh, room when your jaw like oh, yeah, loosens yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, when you fall asleep, yeah. or maybe you got like a deviated septum. Yeah, I, I know some people. Uh, it's a jaw thing where they just have to have a mouth guard that has a little hole in it. Yeah. And then that aligns their, their jaw so that they can breathe correctly hmm. when they're sleeping. So uh, that could be a cause. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I just drink beer, man. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not a doctor? I, just, I watch a lot of TV. Have you not been working on your doctorate in here? No. <laughs> <laughs> doctorate on, of sitting on ass. Anything? Any, any updates? Anything new you got going on? Any Any Ooh. projects? Um, you get pl- any writing done? I've I've been playing the guitar more. That's good. I put together a uh, a, a four chord verse and chorus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Um, so I've been p- tooling around with that, which has been fun. Very cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, just the same old same. Animal Crossing. Lots of YouTube videos. Yeah. Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I've been walking around my uh, development here. Yeah. To get some exercise, just to get some air. <laughs> and uh yeah i went to the beach last weekend as that, you know right right and that was really nice yeah really nice how many people were there um how much social distancing were you able I to did as accomplish? much as possible there really weren't that many people um and you know if people aren't aware we live in florida and the wild we West. live in central florida <laughs> and yeah i mean first of all it's super easy to get to either coast yeah um, and also, we're in the middle of phase one mm-hmm. of the reopening of the state. Right. And Just in case the... anyone's like, what the fuck are you doing outside of your <laughs> right, apartment? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We're not in California. Right. Promise. We're all right. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, we're I, not uh, all right, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very careful, obviously. I, I, I'm still taking it very seriously. But um, yeah, I mean, it really wasn't that bad. Really wasn't that hard to uh, stay away from people because the beach is obviously huge. Yeah. So, yeah, I was never too close to anybody. And. You know, where I was camped out, it wasn't near anyone at all. So it was actually really relaxing, really nice. It felt normal for a couple hours, which is sweet. Um, So, yeah, recommend it if you can do it safely. It's sweet, sweet normalcy. Yeah. Put it in my my veins. Yeah, just a little taste of it. It's (laughs) nice. Very nice. Yeah, man. So I recommend that to anybody who can do it safely. Yeah. Give it a shot. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much it for me. Uh, just doing some stuff around the house. Other than that, nothing exciting. I've been, um, wait, let me do it. What about you? (laughs) I thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been watching all of the aliens movies. (laughs) Okay. Something a normal person does. Yeah. It's just the way that I, you know, sometimes your, your brain just says, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, and that's, that's fuck, fuck. You need you need access to this too because it's yeah. such a perfect time for that. Yeah. Now it would just be it would just be too late. That's all right. But, uh, we'll yeah. get it next time. We'll get them next time. Yep. Yeah. 
I don't think it's, it's not even in here. Nope, there it is. Do it. Nice. <laughs> anyway. I like the uh, strings on that, too. Yeah, I, I thought about taking it out, but I was like, ah, yeah. it adds to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just this thing. I was just sitting around, and my and, and my brain was just saying, just just watch it. Just watch them. Just, just watch, watch it. Them. Somebody had made mention of them, and I was just like, fuck it. And yeah. then I went on. I have Amazon Prime. I have um, a U- or a, a, an HBO subscription through it. Mm-hmm. So humble brag. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm doing all right. Let's just <laughs> say that. I just bought a twenty dollar hat. Twenty six dollar wow. hat. Mm. Shout out to Sideward. You overcharge for your hats. Um <laughs> <laughs> so it's a beautiful hat though. It's it is, very yeah, well made. Okay. Uh it's a real Trumpian thing you just did there. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the best hats. Beautiful hat. They're very well made. Good hats. Uh dude, living I'm sorry, I'm kind of going into. You sure are. But I'm. <laughs> Where are I'll, we? I'll get back to the alien, alien thing in a second. Yeah. But I've never heard more Fox News and more Trump stuff than being in the house with my dad. Oh, of course. It's it's uh, just a drip feed. Yeah, and 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 you know he's old and uh, <laughs> you know conservative. Yeah, so he just sits on the couch and anytime anyone remotely blue comes on the TV, he's just like, "Ah, fuck you, bitch." You're like, <laughs> "Oh my god." The, what are you talking? The reporters, like, "Relax, dude." Enemies. Yeah, he's 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 Anyway, how does he feel about Nancy Pelosi? Bro, <laughs> don't say it on air. Please don't. <laughs> you, yeah, you know what? I'm going to let that one yep. go. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, so I've, I've been avoiding that and I've just been hanging out upstairs going through these alien movies. That's smart. Yeah. And, um, two, two things that I've taken away from. You picked the better horror to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Between those two options. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, two takeaways from the alien series. Now, uh, I, I I haven't been able to watch Covenant. I thought I had access to it, but I have to pay for it. So I'm like, I'm not going to buy it on top of the shit so yeah i'll find it somewhere i'll okay. get it on Redbox or something and yep. then finish this whole thing out yeah because i've already seen um prometheus mm-hmm. and uh so two takeaways okay. number one how far did you get i watched alien one through four okay so there's the, i've already seen prometheus so i'm literally i only need to see covenant right to see all of them okay and uh so yeah, two takeaways. Number one, three takeaways. Alien is one of the best sci-fi horrors of all time, of obviously. Of course. But going back and rewatching it, it holds up. Yep. In in ways that it, it, it's kind of it, it's unex like. <clears throat> There's things that happen in the movie that like even when you know they're coming, they're jump scares, but they're not cheap jump scares. Mm-hmm. And they serve the movie, and it it moves at this pace that's like, I mean, there's a mystery behind every corridor of the ship. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's so well done. Of course. Did you watch the director's cut? Or the yes, original? I watched the director's okay. cut. I did this on accident, actually, because mm. I was just going to watch the theatrical cuts, just yeah. to, you know, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't really that concerned with it, and then realized that I had clicked on the director's cut, the assembly cut of part three, which is mm. like the the um, the legendary um, Fincher cut, basically, right. uh, uh, and the the director's cut of of part two. Okay. So 
I watched all of the. Yeah. I watched them the way that they were intended for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, there were. There's some fights online about what's better, mm-hmm. as far as the, especially the first two director's cuts. Yeah. Um, but I've seen I've seen both both ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, one still holds up. Second takeaway, part two. For my money, if if The Godfather two didn't exist, mm-hmm. I'd say Aliens is the best sequel ever made. Mm-hmm. It. It takes everything that was good about it, and then it goes, we got something else for you. Oh, I, what about this? Terminator 2. Oh. Eat my ass. Oh, 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 but, 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 but. Uh-huh. They're in the same vein, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Of, of, of like, why they're so good, right? Yeah. Because, and what a coincidence, James Cameron of jumps course. in and takes over. Yeah. But... Terminator One is almost like just a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, there's there's elements, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's action elements, right? But it is almost just like this Mike Myers but, hulking but, thing. But then it's like, let's do this, but action. Yes, exactly. Right. And then that's what Aliens does, and yeah. in the best ways, uh-huh. it's like let's take everything you like about that, mm-hmm. and then let's let's just blow make it, it an action movie. Yeah. Just blow it up. Yeah. And I mean, it's like it's like James Cameron is who Michael Bay dreams oh, of being. Of dude. course. <laughs> oh. Like James Cameron, dude, especially Cameron from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I mean, that motherfucker was untouchable, bro. Yeah. Untouchable. Yep. So that's takeaway number two. And then the third takeaway is the third and fourth movies are so goddamn bad. <laughs> they almost fuck the whole thing up. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you're going into that series, you have to realize at least half of it's really bad. Mm-hmm. At least half of it. Then the rest of it's really good, though. I didn't know, like, well, I was telling you this off mic, but um, the fourth one, that was when I was a kid, before I had seen the whole series, get out of here, shoe fly, before I'd seen the whole series, I watched the first one, or I'm sorry, the fourth one first, because yeah. my mom really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one that I saw. And you were probably just getting to the age where you could watch something like that. Yeah. Not that it mattered in your house, right? You're, no, my, yeah. You're yeah, I was just about anything. to say, my parents didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they put anything on. Yeah. We've talked about this on the or, show, but where that you wouldn't be like completely scared of it, I guess. I would, I would be scared shitless. My parents, <laughs> they reveled in scaring the fuck out yeah, of us. Yeah. They loved it. It was like a favorite pastime of theirs. Well, it's probably why they're so fucked for. up now. Yeah. Um. So I watched Resurrection first and mm. liked that movie, obviously because <laughs> God, I had no. Idiot. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> then you go back. I go back and rewatch it now, and this was honestly the first time I had rewatched it mm. as an adult. Yeah, I just was always like in my head. It was always one and two are masterpieces. Three's dog shit, and four's okay. Four is just as bad as three. Four's worse than three, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll give you that. I yeah. can give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument. I, I, if you say that, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, three breaks my heart because obviously, what they do to the entire oh, team they, that they it, assembled. Like, I mean, Michael freaking Beam. I get that. I get. That David Fincher comes in and he's because I, I, I did the research on it. And, yeah. And oh, there's a storied history oh, behind yeah. the and, issues and, with this movie. And for anybody who doesn't know, if you're interested in this shit, I, I highly suggest that you just Google Alien Three, and then all of these think pieces, articles, videos, they all pop up, yeah. kind of explaining everything. The short version is, the studios got a hold of this movie. And they ran through a bunch of different directors. They landed on um, David Fincher, who at the time had never directed a movie. He did a bunch of music videos. And and he was like the fourth in line. They had gone through multiple, multiple different, uh, different uh, directors, different, Mm -hmm. different scripts. 
that were completely amalgamations of each other, and mm-hmm. it became something completely different than what they originally intended it to right. be. And then once they finally gave Fincher the reins, he was like, "Oh, cool! This movie is a fucking Picasso painting." Yeah. But I have an idea, mm-hmm. and I can get this thing back on track. Mm-hmm. And then when he started doing his thing, the studios came in and they were like, "We don't like that." No. So they fucked up his vision after right. they had dumped a pile of garbage in his lap, and he was like finding pieces in the trash of like, "Well, yeah. this could make sense, and this would be interesting." Then they fucked that all up. Yeah, and right? he famously doesn't like talking about it right. because obviously it was a train wreck. But yeah. one thing that he did say uh, was that um, basically it was like his first movie. And, it was de- yeah it was- and. In that position, when studio heads are telling you what to do, he didn't feel like he had the strength of voice yeah. and the power to fight back against them. Yeah, and that's—I'm sure—that's why they chose him in the first place. Was Definitely. because he was so green. Yeah, you pluck a guy who's only done music videos. Well, and that's that's exactly what happens with like we we're talking about video game movies a couple months back. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they always choose like first-time directors and mm-hmm. and you can always tell it's like you, you chose that person because you don't want their vision you want to be able to enforce your own vision on them yeah and have them not put up a fuss because they have a chance at directing a multi-million dollar movie right what the thing that i'll never be able to wrap my head around is <clears throat> why a studio would do something like that in the first place and and I mean that in I understand that it's a cash grab and they they don't really give a fuck about the the story they're just trying to maximize their profits. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to understand is if you got someone capable of creating a good story and letting that person do that, you would make more money. Yeah. Well, I think it's a I think it's a cynical view to think that the people making these decisions in the studios don't want to make a good movie because like you said, a good movie is going to make more money. Right. And that's what they want at the end of the day is more money. I think that they just don't know how to do that, but they're in a position of power that allows them to steer the boat, Uh even if they're steering it right into the glacier. Right, right, right. So, so, so the studio heads are giving their input, not because they, don't give a fuck, but because they want to be able to say, like, I made this movie. Right. But they don't know what they're doing because they're right. not artists. And, or or they, they believe that the data they're getting uh, that says, you know, audiences think that a happy ending will be more acceptable than a bad one. Yeah. that Or a negative one that you originally have in the script. Uh, because the audience poll said that. Mm. We should do that because it's going to make a better movie. Right. People are going to like it more. Yeah. So let's do, let's, you know, let's get a, a superstar in this role as opposed to this up and coming new face because it's going to get more butts and seats. Yeah. You, do you want to make a good movie that nobody sees? Like we need people to come to theaters, right? Mm. So there's all these other considerations Yeah. that trump other things to them than a creator's original vision. So yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> it sucks, but I think it's also kind of uh, a pessimistic view, and I'm I'm sure it happens. I think a pessimistic view to think that people are out there who are trying to make a bad movie. Yeah, they're not trying to make a bad movie; they're trying to make money. Yeah, at the expense of a good movie. At the expense of if 
okay, if it's going to be a good movie to begin with, you, you figure there's a director or writer that had a clear vision. Yeah. That was concise and it's good. It is what it is. It's at the expense of that clarity of vision. Mm. They, yeah. they mess it all up with all these other things that were never intended. And how do you even get, like, say, uh, 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 Alien 3? How do you even get to that point? How do you get to how do you get through four different directors with script rewrites every couple of days? Mm-hmm. How do you even get to that point? That's what's so crazy to me to think. Yeah. What 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 didn't the first director do? Why wasn't he enough? Mm-hmm. What did he do wrong? Ridley Scott. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, really. Scott was long gone by this point. Say, yeah. He was like, "I'm done with this shit. Yeah. I did my part. I I gave you a world, right? And this Playing is what you it. do to it. Right. Look how they <laughs> massacred my boy. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, the, like the first one they chose. You mean the first director they chose? Yes, to, for to Alien helmet. Three. Yeah. yeah. Why, there, why? There's a deep dive on YouTube. I forget the the name of the guy who did it, but there there are multiple deep dives. I'm sure. About exactly how it went down, so you can look into that if you, if you so choose. Yeah. Um, but uh, from what I gathered, basically, it's just to create a difference thing. Yeah. You get this author, this uh, director who has a clear vision of what they want to do. Maybe it's a little out there, and then you have the studio that comes in and, and goes, "Well, we got to tone that down a little bit." And then at certain points, Gourney Weaver got a lot of say in in things too. And she's, I think. For the first time, she's credited as co-producer. Right. So then she started to get a say in things. So maybe she didn't agree with the direction. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you have 10 cooks in the kitchen right now. Maybe your suggestions aren't bad, but they're bad in this recipe of what we're trying to make here. Yeah. So, you know, then, then obviously people get big heads about stuff and say, well, I'm the star. So what I say goes. Mm. And then, you know, conflict. I, I don't know how she agreed to, to Resurrection. It betrays her character. It 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 goes against everything that set up the first two movies. Yeah. It, it well, like spoiler alert, it's not supposed to be her character anymore, right? Like, yeah, she's like and, a clone. Well, and that's that's the shitty part about it. It's like they brush. I mean, I know she's collecting a paycheck, and you know she would have to re- she we'd have to interview her for an hour and a half <laughs> for her to convince me that it wasn't just a cash grab. There's no way that she read that yeah. script and was like. This yeah, is this, is, this is true to the character. This makes sense. Ms. Weaver, we're open direction. for interviews. If you'd yeah, like to come in, jump on, yeah. yeah, we can Skype we, you. We could do a, a career spanning. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, my God. Talk to Scorny Weaver. Anyway, um, I was thinking about, because I'd heard a story. This is like <clears throat> um, age-old Hollywood type stuff, inside baseball kind of shit that most people know if you if you pay attention to movies even slightly, but... There's there's the 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 legend of Back to the Future mm-hmm. that the first movie they filmed I think five weeks yeah of Eric Stoltz right first they have test footage they have mock-ups they're rearing to go yep this is the guy and someone somewhere was smart enough to say it's not working it ain't working out yeah. it's just not there's something off about it. Mm-hmm. And they were smart enough to go back to the studio and say, look, we have this really cool idea. Everything else is working. Mm-hmm. The main guy, though, not great. Right. We have another kid, and we think he's perfect. We want to do this, but we have to go back in, reshoot everything Stoltz did, yeah. redo all the mock-ups, redo all everything. 
Yep. And it's going to cost us another three to four million dollars to mm-hmm. do all this. And someone at a studio was like, fine, do it. Right. All of those things had to happen. Mm-hmm. And imagine if they said no. One person had to one person had to stop it. Every fucking yeah. thing that they had to go through to get there. And only one person yep. at, at one of those stops could have been like, that's a no. bad idea. No. <laughs> Stoltz is fine. Yeah. Leave him in. Uh, um, and just, they, they had originally wanted Michael J. Fox, though. And they just yeah. didn't get him because of scheduling. Yeah. Um, so then so they finally, uh, I'll imagine again, what if Michael J. Fox just wasn't available? Right. They just couldn't get him. Right. You know? And that's what I'm saying. It, what's fascinating to me is a movie studio, one movie studio on one hand going, $3 million is a worthy trade-off mm-hmm. to make this movie as good as it can be. Yeah, and it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust to yeah. go, here's three more million dollars on top of whatever your budget is already. Oh, and can you imagine the 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 weight that is put on Michael J. Fox's shoulders right. now at this point Yeah, to give a good performance? Yeah, you're our fixer. Yeah. Come on in. And I mean, lucky, luckily enough, Michael J. Fox is Michael J. Fox, oh, and he's amazing. Fit. So yeah, perfect fit. And then, and then you have a movie studio on the other hand that's like we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna dump a bunch of money in, and we're gonna go through director after director mm. after script rewrite after script rewrite until See, we get this but mishmash. You know, you know what I think the the issue was there was that at at Fox they already had two classics on on their hands that made a ton of money. Yeah. So the pressure to make it a three-peat, to keep it going, because they know they already have a franchise here. Mm -hmm. And the way it was looking, like, oh, my God, imagine if we can do this again. That was too much for... That was too much of a temptation for them to get their hands on it. Right. And ruin it. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was... That's a difference between that and this brand new project of in Back to the Future. True, true, true. You know? So they didn't really know what they had. They were making a gamble. But, you know, if they lost another $3 million, you know, it sucks, especially in the 80s. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a, it, it's a, it can go either way. Yeah. But with Alien, I think they felt like it was too big to fail. Yeah. And there's too much on at stake at the same time because they have a franchise on their hands now. For the record, it was too big to fail. It still made like $200 million. Sure. So yeah. it's not like it wasn't successful. Yeah. Critically... Oh yeah, but then down, then but. you see like uh, diminishing returns over time too, because I'm sure Resurrection didn't make as much of money. As no, no, no. Uh, Resurrection is the lowest, um, the lowest grossing movie in the series. So yeah, which makes sense because yeah. you you uh, disappoint people with three, and mm-hmm. then less are gonna fewer are gonna come the next time. Yep. And then Prometheus has the luck of being the reboot. Right. Uh, the soft reboot, anyway. The yeah. prequel reboot. I heard some rumblings <laughs> that the reason why it, it wasn't called like Aliens Prometheus was, and there there's not really a xenomorph in it. It there and kind in of the is. End, yeah, kind of like a, a proto xenomorph. Yeah. Morph um, is because apparently there was some like dispute over ownership of the Alien franchise. So who wasn't involved that needed to be? I don't know. It must have been a. a um, a studio, yeah. Because I, I mean, I'm not sure. I thought Fox had control of Alien the entire time. As far as I know, that's what I thought too. But Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott back in, yeah. Ridley Scott wanted to make another Alien movie, but apparently he couldn't use the 
the title alien in it. Who does? Isn't he involved with Covenant too? I think so. so I think he's maybe like a producer. So if, he did, point, if he didn't direct, I think he may have directed it. At that point, they obviously got their hands back on the brand. There's Xenomorphs, yeah. well, and it's called Alien. Well, and I mean the entire thing of of uh, Covenant, right? Yeah. No, Prometheus. Prometheus. Sorry. Oh, you're, you're, it's, yeah. Yeah. Is you see the big ship and like. Oh yeah. It's all everything in, but being called Alien. Right. Everything so I, about I think, it. I think they were legally like kind of snaking around the legality of the Alien franchise in order to make that movie. Interesting. But it's still an Alien movie, but n- not in name. Well, I would say what leads credence to that argument or that thought is the fact that, like, why would you call it Prometheus and when, not use when the could, brand? Yeah, when you could call it Alien something. Yeah. You know, like, you could call, a return, like you said, uh, Alien, Prometheus. Right. When when you could do that and and come back and say this is Ridley Scott's return to the Alien yeah. franchise, everything about that just kind of Slam sells dunk. itself, yeah. right? So I, I, I mean, think that's what was going on. I guess <clears throat> I, th- I I think that the 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 um the ads were enough. Yeah, pro- I mean, people got it. Yeah. yeah, people got it. Right. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, how could they? It seems like a drop ball. If it's not a legal thing, it's yeah. definitely. The ball was dropped. Oh, yeah. I, I think somebody just wanted money, and they didn't want to give him money. Yeah. That's probably all it was. What if it was like an artistic thing from Ridley Scott where he was like, we're going to call it Prometheus. <laughs> this is before Alien. And they're like, but dude, Alien, alien. though. You <laughs> no, remember no, no. Alien? They're not aliens. Do they're not think... aliens. No, they're, they're not. Fir- they're the first man. They're not right. aliens. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're the aliens, man. <laughs> You ever tried DMT? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's man, true. What a that's what true. The fuck was Ridley Scott <laughs> smoking that good stuff? I mean, he was trying. I gave him credit. No, he was yeah, trying. you know, it was it was a it was a uh, it was a thing. It was a thing. It was a thing. Was he tried. Thing. He tried something there. He tried. Definitely tried. But something did he there. though? But did he though? Because when you watch, when you think about it, like we were talking about before. All it is is a fucking remake. Yeah. And not a very good one at no. that. So did he try that hard? I don't know. Look, you're not going to get like, you know, Ridley Scott disrespect, but no. he definitely gets a little slander for this. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some people. I mean, he's like, I think he's like in his 80s now. Don't do that. I, don't give him credit for that. Well, no, no. Just because he's old. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying some people are like. Hey man, just stop. Like, oh, oh right. <laughs> like uh, I, I don't want to be ageist. Uh, yeah, you can still make great movies until you're dead. Be but ageist. I don't give a fuck. I'm at the ageist. same time, like it, it just seems like with those two movies, there wasn't really like a spark. You know, like no, it didn't seem like there was a a driver behind the wheel there. When you when and when you hear him talk about it, like he's excited about it. It seems like you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. In every interview, it seems like he's still with it and he's still yeah, there. He's and that's stoked. great. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, it just didn't. Sometimes movies just don't work out. You know. And Sigourney Weaver, she's she's on board. She's like, I would love to do mm. another one. Yeah. But again, it's like, yeah, bitch. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Right. Her character dies like. Three times. Yeah, man. It's like over and over again. Yeah. And then in the third one, you know, uh, for all the, all of the, dude, I'm so, 
I'm just thinking about the third one. I'm glad we're finally getting to alien reviews, by the way. <laughs> That's what the people are clamoring for. I know, I know, I know. We should, we, we should get off of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. If you really, if you want to watch, if you want to watch a movie that's like made in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, that has, that has millions of dollars behind it and yet Mortal Kombat level CG in it. <laughs> You're talking about three? Yeah. Three's in the 90s for sure. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Mm-hmm. They shit the bed mm-hmm. with the Xenomorph in that one. Yeah. Shit the bed. Yep. All right. Let's. This isn't the Alien podcast. I'm sorry to you guys, but I've just been on this kick. Yeah. And you know how you know how it is when you when you when you're just like obsessed with something. Like you go to work and you talk to people and they're like, "Have you been watching before the 90 days?" And you're like, "Whatever, man." <laughs> but but we, there's no human contact, so I can't like talk to anybody yeah, else about right. this. I have to talk to you and the, and Ugh, the people. I'm so sorry. They have to know that this is what I've been going through. I'm so sorry. This is all you have. <laughs> This is it. Anyway, um, there's been a lot of developments in the video game sphere. Vigi game. The mm-hmm. Vigi game sphere. Right. Uh, uh, it's my favorite uh, console. Uh, the video, the Vigi game sphere. Uh huh. And w- w- what would you price the Vigi game sphere sphere at? Six hundred ninety nine dollars. Really good price. Yeah. I'd go six sixty six. Mm. Yeah. The number of the beast. <laughs> Um, let's let, where, 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 where do we start? I don't have my phone. Sorry, I have my phone. We got to go into the into the chat. Into the chat. Into the chat. Well, yeah. There's a report. The chat. According to IGN.com, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. That's exciting. Will be this year's Caller <laughs> Duty. Caller Duty. Um, they kind of touched on the Cold War in the first one, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Weren't didn't you do like the Bay of Pigs? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it like it it it. I don't know if it starts there, but it definitely gets into the Cold War. Yeah, the like, setting is into the Cold War. I, th- I think it starts like in the mid '60s, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Vietnam and all that stuff. Yeah, just post the uh, all that Korea. Just, just play some CCR and yeah. some um. Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, of course. It's like the only song that's ever played. <laughs> Which I heard uh, actually wasn't what they were listening to over there. Like, <laughs> the pop, the popular songs in the 60s and like like the late 60s Vietnam era were all like forgettable like pop music. Yeah. You know, like almost 50s adjacent music. Yeah. That people just don't listen to anymore. I I, I love that. Yeah, I love the fact that they were like sitting in these fucking rice patties and shit, and we're thinking, "Let's do that twist." <laughs> <laughs> and we want them to be wearing like bandanas and like cut off shirts. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just no, not. that's not what was happening. I mean, I'm sure some guys were like that. That was just more like the alternative, you know? Like that's yeah, it's like alt rock, you know? Or, yeah, or like indie. Folk. Yeah, you got you got Private Fisher over here listening to that it's fucking weirdo. Stones, smoking the green stuff. I don't, I don't know, know what that Rolling Stones bullshit is. Yeah, get some Springsteen. <laughs> I don't think he was around yet. Sixties? No. No, you're right. Seventies, no. like late seventies. Yeah, yeah. Asbury Park. Seventies, like early eighties. Yeah, late seventies, yeah. early eighties. You gotta look up old, like <clears throat> young pictures of Springsteen. 
That's a fox right there. <laughs> he he still is. No, I admit, of course he is. He's very he's, handsome. He's definitely man. kept himself together throughout the years. I'm talking though, young Springsteen. Uh huh. That mother. I mean, he dime piece, dude. Dimey dime. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's move on. The game Call is of Duty. the game is set in the Cold War, right? Which literally could be up until like what. The 80s, the 90s, <laughs> yeah. like 1990. Is it when the Cold War ended in 1990, right? I think. So. Well, uh, I don't think it. Um, I'm no Maybe historian, I got those numbers man. All fucked up. Well, no, 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 because like the Cold War technically ended um, when the Berlin Wall fell, right? Is that is that accurate? I don't know if that did that mark the end of the Cold War. No, probably not. But that was a big, big thing, a big, big event. In it, uh, showing the the fall of the Soviet Man, Union. We don't fucking know shit. Actually, take that back. I do know shit. It ended in 1990. 1990. Like I said, I you said 80. Oh, I said 1990. Okay. I thought the nine. I thought that the 90s were too fucking soon. No. No, because I mean, like <clears throat> the the Soviet Union only collapsed past what 15 years. The the Berlin Wall fell in 89. Okay. So the Cold War ended in late 1990. So right. So symbolically, yeah, yeah, that was the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, I mean, Soviet Union fell. I mean, mm. not that long ago. Yeah. So the period is generally considered to spin in 1947. Truman Doctrine to the 1991 dissolution of the Soviet Union. So yeah, Soviet Union was dissolved in 1991. Okay. So gotcha. Yeah. That that was the official marking of the end of the Cold War. Yeah, was when the Soviet Union was yeah. disbanded. Basically. I I think and kind of what I'm hoping out of this. You're welcome, by the way, people, <laughs> for that history yeah, lesson. We just drop some fucking knowledge. Yeah. On you. What's the thing, like motherfuckers? The, oh shit. <laughs> the uh the Cold War isn't really talked about, so that's why it's it's one of those things. Like I I know about World War Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a, at least a bit about Vietnam. But nobody talks about the Cold War because a lot of it is hush hush and like very cold, very cold. Not a lot of action necessarily. Yeah, a lot of political intrigue, corporate espionage, yeah, spying, and stuff like that. Yeah. But within all that, gets lost uh, the Korean War. Um, the Cold War is the perfect setting for um, hard boiled thrillers where yeah. nothing happens, but everything happens, and you're like, you just didn't pay attention enough in the movie. <laughs> right. You know, you walk out of it and you're like. That was an Oscar-winning performance. Mm-hmm. And then the next person is like, that movie was boring yeah. as shit, man. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you get out of the Cold War. Basically. Um, but what what I'm kind of hoping out of this is some more, uh, uh, some more knowledge for the Korean War in particular. Because both of my grandfathers fought in it. But mm. nobody ever talks about it. Right. It, it, like, it's just, it's forgotten. I think they call it the Forgotten War. Yeah. Because nobody ever talks about it. But it... It definitely happened. Yeah. People were definitely there fighting. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope that there's some some kind of uh, knowledge imparted through that. Because Call of Duty games, especially recently, have been really good about um, tying it to at least some realism mm-hmm. and some historical significance. And, mm-hmm. and um, it really, it, it's like a starting point for a lot of younger people to research more into the real events of, of war. And it's when these games toe the line and then say, "Well, we're just making a video game," mm-hmm. but they but they tiptoe right alongside history. Yeah, and and I mean it's 
that's fine because I, a lot of people complain about. Yeah, oh, no, well, I like it. It's good. It's just oh, it's it's just uh, it's it's glamorizing it or it's uh, it's not accurate. That's not really what happened, and you're making it seem like this is all like propaganda or something, you know? Yeah. But no, I, I think it's a good starting place for especially like teenagers to get an interest into U.S. history, world history, the. Uh, Veterans and all all that kind of stuff. You're being fucking generous. <laughs> You're being real generous without how smart teenagers are. I well, and their no, ambitions. that's that's the thing though. Is like, I feel like other than Saving Private Ryan, Call of Duty and Medal of Honor were the two things that got me into American history. Yeah, and learning about World War Two and learning about all the conflicts we've had as a country. Mm. Um, and you know, like just learning about that kind of stuff, absorbing. It, I really got into things like that through video games. Mm-hmm. So you know, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody else. I guess that's true. I mean, you're a big fucking. <laughs> so yeah, it's true. Who knows? Sorry, I like knowledge. Knowledge is power. Mm. Thank you. So it's very interesting. We're 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 right on the the early stages. It's just basically the announcement of like the setting and everything. yeah. There's not even like a. a title card for it no i I find it it's very interesting because every ever since these battle royale modes have come out every game that's like a first person shooter you're like all right are they gonna have a battle royale mode and how cool is it gonna be and how much are they gonna update it and blah 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 yeah what call of duty has done which i think is genius is they tested it out with Black Ops, right? Mm-hmm. Black Ops 4 was their first introduction into a, a Battle Royale mode. But that was connected to Black Ops 4. You had to get Black Ops 4 yep. so that you had access to their Battle Royale mode, right. right? And so they were able to kind of work out the kinks with the series and kind of get to a point where they felt comfortable with it. Then with this one, the game comes out with the most uh, the, the Modern Warfare reboot soft reboots like a new story and everything with like same characters or whatever but mm-hmm. anyway they reboot it and then they say you're going to get the battle royale mode later and then what they do is instead of um connecting it to the game and forcing you to buy the game they go here's the played played free version of it right mm-hmm. and if you have the game you obviously have access to more shit like you like you know, inside baseball kind of stuff. You get your loadout that you can set up in multiplayer mode in the game. I love good loadout. Which, uh, that helps you win better. Uh, uh, win better. That helps you win better. <laughs> I try. I was trying to say that more intelligently, but That's I'm okay. kind of losing my faculties a little bit. <laughs> I pissed on your chair. Um, That's fine. And they made that free instead of having to force you to buy the game, right? Mm-hmm. And then they said that Warzone will be, for the foreseeable future, what they update yeah so they're not gonna there's not gonna what regardless of whatever main story mode thing that they do with their with their uh, mainline games mm-hmm. Warzone is its own living breathing thing which i think is such a smart thing to do there's even rumors about it going to uh next gen too so yeah. ps5 and the xbox and how easily could they do that it's a free free game yeah. you just you just download update the graphics download it from the store yeah it'll just uh, yeah boom as long as all my shit transfers over yeah I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. So very smart. Um, you know, that's how you play that longevity game, son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get your hands in all that shit. So, what are you looking for in this Black Ops uh, Cold War? 
I would think it would be really cool if they, if like exactly what we were talking about first, those forgotten aspects of the conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was what fifty-year conflict, forty-five-year conflict. Yep. And it would be very cool for them to acknowledge those things that don't get acknowledged often, mm-hmm. because it would just be interesting to see a game studio kind of go for it. Yeah. I think when I heard the announcement, the first thing I thought was it would be very, very cool for some 60s era espionage. Mm-hmm. Not a spy game, yeah, but something that takes the series in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. No big action set pieces. Like, Can Call of Duty do that? I don't know. I think they have to. I don't know. There but has I to think... be a helicopter that almost hits you and it crashes. <laughs> right. And just a fucking blade <laughs> flies by yeah. you. Some kind of, you know, um, nuke or some kind of crazy thing that happens where everyone gasps. Yeah. Some kind of super offensive level. <laughs> yeah. That that um, that justifies killing the... some hostages. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's do you the remember? Thing. Do you remember? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Do you remember? Go for it. Do you remember? playing no russian yeah do you remember maybe this maybe this is a question about your humanity so answer (laughs) lightly okay do do you remember it bothering you no no it didn't (laughs) it didn't and you know why Uh, honestly i think maybe if i had if i'd played it in a vacuum it would have affected me more, but there was so much press about it before it came out Yeah, that I knew it was coming. That's true. Like I knew all about it. That That's was completely true. spoiled for me. And so that, like, it, it didn't bother. Like, I, I'd already known that that was going to happen, mm. uh, at least broad strokes. And uh, I think in my playthrough, <laughs> like, I was like, let because, uh, you know, you play enough games, you kind of know how they work. So I was like, let me do on this first playthrough, let me see if they'll let me get away with not shooting anybody. Yeah. And I did that, and it worked. Yeah. And it was fine. I was like, okay. <laughs> there's no moral quandary here. Like, I'm not killing anybody. Right. And there's no consequence for that. So whatever. Like, I'm not affected by that in any way. Mm-hmm. Now, if they made you pull the trigger on innocent people, I think that'd be a bit more affecting. Mm. Um, but they don't. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I, I-, I still have that, like, there's a distance there. Uh-huh. between reality and video game. So it's like, I get what you're going for. That didn't affect me in any any real sense. Well, <clears throat> maybe you're more well-adjusted than people give you credit for. Thank you. I mean, they were talking, and I said that you... Oh, I get it. I I've heard the rumors. Yeah, I've heard the rumors. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, had the same, I had the same reaction when I played it. Was I mean, I didn't hear as much about the press when I when I first played it. But the first time, my first playthrough, and actually, I never went back and was like, "Let me see how many fucking innocent people I could kill." Yeah. Like, I guess, I guess that it truly is the difference between like somebody who might be a psychopath, <laughs> right, 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 and right. somebody who's just playing a video game and like understands what the storytelling they're trying mm-hmm. to go for. Because yeah, it, I, I, <clears throat> I never took a shot at anybody, and it wasn't like. I mean, it's not like we're super innocent in this. I mean, we play we play GTA and like shoot strippers in the face, like innocent people. Like it's not. There was not, but but in that instance, it wasn't. There was no. Um, 
there was no uh, uh, incentive to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, I'm not just going to start shooting at. I mean, they're they're already doing it. Like, what do I? Why do I need yeah. to add on? You know, I I, I think. I think what was actually more affecting to me was in the most recent modern warfare was where they have a torture scene and you're able to either play part in it or say, I don't want to do that. Mm. Uh, I think that's, that's a little more affecting because it, it toes the line on your, your, um, you're not putting yourself in that position. You're putting the character in that position. Yeah. And by that point, you like that character. You're on his side and you understand you know what he stands for and so it's like do i put him in this spot of of this moral gray area mm. or do i choose to put him above that what's the right choice yeah i think that's more affecting than just putting you in the middle of a massacre oh are you talking about the scene with with the, the with his kids yeah with the with the other guy's kids yeah where you, yeah okay right <clears throat> yeah so something like that i think is more affecting to me um you know, didn't get nearly the per- the press because it wasn't a simulated massacre, right? Or a terrorist attack, right? You know, and you know, you make a game like that now, and it would be a little harder. Yeah, I think people. Would... We're a little farther away from nine eleven, so yeah, but we're not far enough away from um, schools getting shot up. Yeah, so and people just opening fire in malls and shit. Sure, yeah, that's true. So, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. I was just interested because in, every time I think about Call of Duty, it, it's like it's like I'm a uh, sleeper cell <laughs> because every time I think of Call of Duty, the first things that pop into my head, I see no Russian. No Russian. And I, I like I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. I always see it. No Russian. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's uh, deeply tied to the games. What are you expecting? What are you hoping for in this uh, Cold War Call of Duty? I'm hoping to be surprised. I, I want them to go places that, you know, maybe you've... Uh, we have stories we haven't heard yet, you know. Mm. Uh, I want to see some stuff that maybe has just been declassified, you know. Mm. Put us in new locations. Uh, surprise me. That's what I want. Surprise me, Daddy. Yeah, and and obviously, like I said, some more representation of the Korean War would be cool because nobody ever talks about that, and it's not really in much media. Yeah. At all, so that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I mean, is there a game that's ever been made that's kind of based around that? No, I think the closest thing that ca- not that I know. I mean, maybe there's like a PC strategy game or something. I don't really yeah. know, but um, <clears throat> no, I, th- I think the closest they ever got to it was the original Black Ops in the Cold War period. But yeah, that was based after the Korean War. Yeah. So, so this is a yeah. This is a this is a they're going back to their roots on this one. Yeah. Just seems like a lot of these series are like. All right, we we've done as much as we can. How how can we go back and mine some more yeah. out of that? I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time until we get another like Pacific Theater Call of Duty, you know? Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. I'm sure they're gonna go back to that well. Well, I mean, they did with uh, modern modern or I'm sorry, uh, uh, um, Call of Duty World War Two a couple of years ago. Right. They went back to that well, and um, in my opinion. Very successfully. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a really good game. But you just... The thing about it is, as technology advances, you just want to see... You just want to see the limits to those technological advances set within dope settings, right? Yeah. And so every time that there's, say, a new console or a new technological advancement... Put me on Omaha Beach. Right. Do that Every time. Every time. It's just like... 
it should be like the way that Nintendo does a Super Smash Bros. or a Mario's Mario game every <laughs> yeah. console. They're like PlayStation and Xbox is just be like, here's your new war game. Right. Set in World War Two with the graphics updated, you know, interesting yeah. stories being told, blah, blah, blah. This is just do it every console iteration. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what people are clamoring for. I'm sure that's time. exactly what's gonna happen. I think the one thing that we've all come to grips with is if you're a game called Call of Duty or Modern Warfare, no one wants <sighs> no one wants the shit set in space. No one wants, you know, uh, uh, slingshots and fucking, you know, super futuristic weapons. Yeah, no. You're not the right setting for that. All right. We already have Halo. We already have Gears of War. We already have Dead Space. We have, we don't well, need. We used to. Hey, uh, rest in peace, Dead Space. Obviously, when I'm watching these alien movies, the first oh, thing I'm course. thinking of is Dead Space. Of course. Holy fuck, yeah. man. I remember I hadn't played those games yet. And I think either you or someone else mm-hmm. let me borrow the games. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was you. Could have been. And I had never played them. And it was one of the first games. It was one of the first games that I had played. One of the first horror games that I had played by myself. Because mm-hmm. every other horror game, like you know, Resident Evil back in the day, you know, I I had my brothers around. Yeah. And you know, you don't really play them so much as it's like a. Um, like a group experience yeah. when you have your brothers there and we're all like screaming and like, you know, laughing and mm-hmm. scaring each other and shit. And then you never even beat the game. <laughs> right. But when you become an adult and you're just in your bedroom, you're like, how best do I play this game? Mm-hmm. And it's like, am I going to be, am I going to fully immerse myself into this or am I going to be a pussy and leave like a mm-hmm. couple lights on in the living room yeah. and shit, you know? So I put, went full on. Put the volume down a little bit. Dude, I blasted the volume. Oof. I turned all the lights off. It scared the fuck yeah. out of me. Oh, yeah. But I loved it. Dead Space is great. so goddamn good. It's, great. it's so fucking yep. good. It's the closest any video game has ever gotten to, oh, that movie worked? Let's make a video game about it. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> rest in peace. You know. Uh, so, yeah, that's exciting, but it's far off. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see like how video game studios are going to handle everything, especially this global pandemic. Because we talked about... The way that Last of Us is kind of handling it, right? Yeah. And it's interesting to see, especially a company like Activision, and uh, I don't know who else is collaborating on the uh, on the Cold War Black Ops game, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see how they're going to handle this, right? Like how much money they're going to put into this, what their schedule looks like, what yeah. are the kind of resources that they have. Oh, you got to figure, I mean, the game's pretty far along by this point, so... Yeah. You know. But you don't think that this has to delay it at it least some? It has to. It has to. It has to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're... Uh, maybe that's why they're slowly announcing it, because they want to get a solid release date that they can actually hit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have full uh, faith in the Call of Duty machine yeah. to keep on rolling yeah. no matter what. Nothing's going to stop that machine. No. That is one ship that will keep keep rolling. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Well, we also have in movie news, the Snyder Cut is happening, dude. <laughs> after after <laughs> lots of arguments online, lots of begging. You know what? Mm. The my first takeaway from that is 
Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yup. Mm-hmm. Yup. Careful what you wish for. I uh, I am very happy for all the fans who have been begging for this to come out. And Henry Cavill. Of course. Because he's been begging for it. Of course. So I'm happy that he finally, he finally got <laughs> this it. It's finally happening for him. Um, apparently, they're throwing $20 million at it to make it a reality. Because a lot of this stuff wasn't even shot. Uh, a lot of it, uh, the CG wasn't completed on. So like, so they're reshooting the movie. Uh, they're reshooting parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's apparently, from what I saw, rumored going to be about four hours long. Um, God. And wow. and they're using they're just basically from what is already there in in the original cut, they're using like a, like a fraction of it, like just a bit, and the rest of it's going to be new new so stuff. They're, they're just gonna. They're literally just gonna let him remake the movie, kinda. At, at this point, kinda a little bit. I'm guessing there's some stuff that they didn't use that's on the cutting room floor. Right, there has to be enough that you can't get all of those people back. No, of course not. Especially now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No way. Um, it's supposed to be coming out in 2021. <clears throat> yep. Um, and I just, I mean, over under on this being good is, I mean, no, that movie it's. I, I can't imagine a universe in which it comes out and everyone's like, Snyder was right. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget the rest of the Snyder cut movies. Yeah, yeah I mean. <laughs> As of recent. Dude, that's exactly it. If you want to know how good a Snyder cut is going to be, go watch the other Snyder cuts. Yeah. Uh, fine. Like, I, yeah. This is what you want? All right. I, I'm happy for fans. I'm happy for fans who want it, but I just, I'm. I'm I'm morbidly curious as to what it becomes cuz there's a chance it could be great. Yeah. This could be his 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 magnum opus. There's always a chance. But uh DC fans are the contrarians of comic book fans. They're always on the Marvel's not even that good mm-hmm. and uh, at least on the movie side. We don't of get the Yeah, yeah, definitely on, I don't mean comic books. I can't speak on comic book fans. Yeah. Not like that. Right. I'm not I'm just not versed enough in it but the movie fans i see the kind of bullshit that they be talking yeah and you see these delusional fans like you know i i I don't know what everyone was complaining about jared leto's joker is one of the best Mm -hmm. it rivals uh uh heath ledger's joker he didn't get enough press he didn't get enough screen time you know where's the snyder cut release the snyder cut uh ben affleck batfleck is the best fucking batman <laughs> blah 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 i see it all the time i'm yeah. looking at these message boards and comment sections and shit and it's like dc fans are just they're the contrarians of of, yeah. of the yeah. um movie universes they they revel in it though yeah they that's, love it that's what it is of course they they I, I think it's because they see marvel as being this disneyified safe uh corporate corporately composed product and they're not wrong they're not of course not but But, (laughs) (laughs) you know that you're not far off right exactly (laughs) you're in the same ballpark Uh uh-huh but your team is worse right exactly that's (laughs) it you're a triple a team yeah and they're in the big leagues right that's it that's the only difference that's it Sorry. So if Warner Bros. bought like Viacom or something, yeah, you'd be in the same fucking boat. Yeah, traveling down the same river. Yep. Lots of other analogies. Yeah. 
So it's just really funny that they, you know, they always act as if like their fandom is somehow more authentic yeah. than because Marvel is so popular right. that you get a lot of people who quote unquote don't know shit about and it's like let it go, dude. <laughs> so relax. Yeah. So what? Movies. Yeah. Like no one's taking your comics from you. No. And if if somebody comes to you and says, "Well, this is blah blah blah," then you can school them all you want because yeah. you've spent your whole life reading these comics. You fucking. All right, yeah, that's all enough. Right, sorry, it's sorry, enough. Sorry, I'm sorry. Relax. I've been drinking a lot. I'm sorry. Relax. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Uh, that's the thing about fandom. It like, if you're mad about something, it doesn't take away from the thing that you enjoy. Like, yeah. Just enjoy the thing. Just it's fine. It. It's fine. I'll tell you this though, and I'm being honest here. I really, really want the Snyder Cut to be good. Me too. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't hate Zack Snyder. He's made some really good movies. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he has. <laughs> he has. No, no, no. I wouldn't go that far along the lines of not hating him. Oh, okay. No, I I, I hate him. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. Yeah. I, honestly, dog, I mean, other than like the, the handful of movies that I don't think I've seen, like... Um, What's that one with all the schoolgirls? Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah. I've only seen bits and pieces of that it's not on good. Like HBO. It's bad. It's a bad movie. Um, I'm trying to think of like his other movies. Like his movies. The Dawn of the Dead remake was awesome. Great movie. Um, 300. I love I love 300. Yep. To this day, I love 300. To this day. To this day. Uh, Watchmen. Still a good movie. Not yep. Not... Okay, let me say something about Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Okay, I watched or I read the graphic novel mm-hmm. after you let me borrow it. After yep. I had already seen the movie. Okay. So before I had context for that movie, you liked it more, didn't you? I did. Right. I did. <laughs> and I'm not gonna sit here yeah. and pretend like I didn't enjoy that fucking movie. Right. Just because there's better source material. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It's a fine movie. It's okay. It's all right. Misses some of the points of the comic, but yeah, you know, for sure. It's it's fine. It's and that's the thing, like the 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 calling card of Zack Snyder is vapid. Yeah, sorry, Zack, but they're shallow. Yeah, very um, broad strokes, mm-hmm. and in some instances, it works. Three hundred doesn't need to be exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Is three hundred is such a simple story. Yeah, that it can just be awesome, right? Badass guys growling at each other and fighting <laughs> like that's all it has to be and that's what it is and yeah. it's, it's it is exactly what it's meant to be right that's great perfect awesome but then you get into something that's supposed to be a little bit deeper like man of steel mm-hmm. and like my opinion it mostly misses the mark right it's okay it's an okay movie i wouldn't say it's good it's okay i liked it when i first saw it but over time it's kind of worn on me a bit yeah uh, but it could have been so much more oh i i hated man of steel on first first watch i'm yeah. so angry about it maybe because i i thought i just hated henry cavill in it mm. i just thought he was just a muscle-bound pretty face and i hated it's because his portrayal is very bland yeah no he, he's such a poorly written superman yeah there's flashes of good stuff in it but overall it's just dull and, and, and it shouldn't be. The other thing I hate about that movie, and everything's it's, blue. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That hurt my eyes. I'm, I've, I'm afflicted to this day. To this, this day. T- uh, new tag. We need a new tag. New tag. Yeah. <laughs> new tag alert. New tag. Um, it, it. What bothered me a lot about that movie was, 
the onus wasn't put on Superman to make any of these sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is these big moral things, these lessons that he learns are at the expense of a lot of other characters. Mm-hmm. And so his father has to make a sacrifice that first he didn't need to. No, he truly really didn't. And that to this day uh-huh. bothers the shit out of me yeah. that, that we were supposed to walk away from that going, wow, Kevin Costner, like, you know, he, he really, he sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what's his dad's name? Um, shit. I forgot his dad's name. doesn't matter. Superman's dad. We're mm-hmm. supposed to take away from that. Like what a sacrifice. And like Superman could have saved him easily. And then in the end, with Zod, again, another another lesson he's supposed to learn, another like sacrifice that gets yeah. made, where it's like, okay, but you're doing all the non-sacrificing. Like, you watch your pops die, you snap that dude's neck. Like, none of that. There are things that happen to you, but they're yeah. not things that he's doing. Well, and, and on top of that, a major issue I had was, uh, fuck, what's this? Russell Crowe. Uh, 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 not uh, Kal-El. Jar-El. 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 Jarrell. Yeah, his right. pops. His yeah. pops. Yeah. His biological right. dad. Let's replace one super iconic actor with right. another super iconic right. actor. Was um I, I think it was him who tells him, you know, you have the choice to be good or bad. Yeah. You know, it's up to you. And then he's like, Don't gonna- don't tell him that. <laughs> like, no, that's not true. Like, that's that's a terrible like Knowing this this guy can be a tyrant if he wants to on this this planet. Yeah. Don't give him that option. Tell him you need to be good because you are stronger. Right. You know, like right. that, I think that's a better lesson for Superman to learn, and that would be more indicative of why he is so inclined to be good because he realizes that he could murder everyone. He could be the king of the planet Earth yeah. if he wanted to be. It is an interesting idea though to have what is supposed to be the character's moral compass telling him, Hey man, do what you want to, man. I think if they, I think that's an interesting to explore. Like if, if they were to say, uh, uh, if, if, if Zack Snyder wasn't trying any kind of, um, morality play Mm. and he was just like, that's just a real character giving what he thinks is the best advice. Mm -hmm. And then we have to deal with this, superhuman this alien this this god among us right and and his decisions on if he decides we're nothing to him then we're nothing to him right versus like the all good all all positive all boy scout fucking nothing deters him character Mm -hmm. but that's who he is that that's superman I think well, I just think it's an interesting play, but they don't. It's not like they go for it, so no, who cares? No, we're just speculating. They touch here. on it, yeah, and he touches on Michael Shannon's neck before he snaps <laughs> it. It's uh, just like I love that they, the way that they paint it is like he'll, he'll I'll never stop. I'll never. It's like okay, I guess I have to kill you. <laughs> is that? I mean, is that what we do to like people in jail? Like a yeah. guy who's like banging on the cage he's like if you let me out i'll kill people it's like well that's why we're not letting you out he was about to kill that family who happened to stay there as the place was crumbling yeah and he can't like close the guy's eyes or push him in another direction or knock him unconscious or even rip his eyes out sure 
something, anything yeah. other than killing him. Murder him, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's what you're getting, folks, with the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Can't you, is wait. this what you really want? Is it, are these the kind of debates that you want? These these nerd at, nerdgasms going mm. off on doing it better. I mean, all, dude. I mean, not just Zack Snyder and Henry Cavill. It's been it's, it's been. been every fucking person on uh, every person who's been involved with the movie for the most part. Mm. Other than I guess Ezra Miller, he's too busy choking out fans. <laughs> Everyone else has we been... We haven't heard about that <clears throat> after that happened. I wonder, no. I wonder what happened. He's been pretty smart about just shutting the fuck up about that one. Yeah. Just letting the uh, just letting the courts decide on yep. that. Yep. This is pretty smart play. Yep. yep. Um, he didn't even, like, have some apology no, tour or No, just anything. disappeared. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what you get. That's what, <laughs> that's what you get, Internet, for worshiping these fucking weirdos. You never know. A choke out. They're all... They're all... Stop... Stop worshiping all of them. Mm. They're all going to disappoint you. Only Henry Cavill. Only Henry Cavill. He's the mm. only one you get to worship, okay? Right. He plays video games, but he's super jacked, incredibly handsome. He's the perfect man. Yep. Okay? Other than him, don't worship these guys because they're all going to disappoint you. You're going to wake up one day and somebody's going to have some a sexual assault case or like punched a kid in the mouth and took his balloon or something. It's <laughs> always going to be something. Okay? That's how it always ends. Believe me. <laughs> the people that I looked up to are all fucking degenerates yep. and horrible human beings. Currently in prison. And I know the pain. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Learn from me. Learn from my okay. mistakes. I'm going to pee now. Okay. Um, oh, my butt. I will say this. I do like the the campaigns for the Snyder Cut were all very interesting. Have you seen the campaign for the Ayer cut? <clears throat> the what cut? The Ayer cut? The David Ayer cut? No. For what? For uh, the Suicide Squad. Oh, God. That train wreck. Jesus Christ, man. We don't need a cut for every goddamn movie, okay? We don't... Look, look. I We, we talked about it for, what, an hour? Talking about what studios do to movies. And I get it, okay? I get that the studio gets involved and then... What the director, the, the the vision that the director had from the jump is now compromised by studio involvement and finances and blah, blah, blah. I get it, okay? And it's frustrating, obviously. And I'll never understand how frustrating it is. Because I've never had anybody compromise my art, you know? Everything that I do, I do because I want to. And nobody's been able to have any say in it. That's probably why I'm broke, because I haven't had um, any... any uh... Anyway, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, all right, man. Move on. Move on to the next project. You win some, you fucking lose some. All right? You think David Fincher sat there and, like, crawled into the fetal position and was like, not my first movie. They took it from me. No, he moved on. He made a bunch of classics. He does, you know, just don't, like, move on. I know that that you... I know that your vision being compromised has to be, as as an artist has to be the most frustrating thing in the world. But at some point you just have to go, whatever. I'm just, you you know, you just that that one just gets chalked up. You just take that L, you know what I'm saying? Yes, please. And 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 you move on and you keep making bigger and better shit, right? Well my how my uncle would say, you charge it to the game. 
All right? Just charge it to the game. You lost that one. You win some, you lose some. Okay? So move on is what I'm saying to Zack Snyder and what I'm saying to his fan base. I mean, obviously not now because they they pressured Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Like Warner it's, Brothers. It's, it's, too, it's too black dudes. <laughs> Warner Brothers. The Wayans Brothers. The they pressured the Wayans brothers to finally give us the Snyder Cut. And like I said at the top of this bit, careful what you wish for. That's all I'm going to say. Careful what say. you wish for. So, anyway. Um, should we touch on the Joe Rogan thing a little bit? Yeah, why not? We're fellow podcasters. Yeah. It does kind of, um, it affects us in a small part, in a small way. Yeah. Not because. Well, he's our direct competition, so. <laughs> right. And that, you know, it's kind of interesting to see where, you know, people who we're neck and neck with, it's kind of interesting yeah. to see what direction just they go. Thick in. neck. <laughs> thick neck and neck, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of thick necks. Yep. That's what they call us, the thick necks. The thick necks. <laughs> so, Joe Rogan, if, if, if you don't know, is a UFC commentator slash stand-up comedian slash... Uh, right-wing apologist slash <laughs> podcast. No, Nazi. I, listen, listen. Being a fan of Joe Rogan is a very complicated thing because there are people who make a lot of really good points about the problematic things that he does. And... For me personally, I'm not going to speak for Obi, but for me personally... Never do that. I do it all the time. Um, For me personally, in this instance, in this instance only, usually I'll talk for Adam. (laughs) In this instance, it's... it's, Man. it's, It's a multifaceted thing because I understand where a lot of people are coming from with the kind of stuff that he does and the people that he has on the show... It can be it, it, it can come across as enabling these people or giving them a platform and things like that. And the fact that he's friends with people like Ben Shapiro and Alex Jones and you know, the fact that he is also a stand-up comedian and any time that something gets to a point where it seems to be something that he needs to kind of explain himself mm-hmm. it always feels like there's that shield of well i'm just a fucking moron comedian i don't know why anybody takes anything i say seriously right. and it's right, like right. but you also you're also sh- you also share false information yeah and you have a platform and not just the platform dude he's the most popular podcast i mean you know we're right there with mm-hmm. him but mm-hmm. he's the most popular podcast in the world yeah there's i mean there's no one bigger like you look you look at the top 10, he's always number one. He's trading spots with fucking Ben Shapiro of all people. And then, mm. you know, true crime shows and all that shit. But, I mean, yeah. consistently, he's number one. He makes millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. He has millions of millions of millions of views and listens to, and listens and fans across right. the world. I mean, he's not... He... I Maybe this hasn't clicked for him. Or maybe he doesn't care, or maybe it doesn't matter. Mm. But he's as big in in this internet age. Misinformation coming from a source like Joe Rogan isn't 
on par with misinformation from news sources like CNN or MSNBC, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty fucking close. Well, and I feel like a lot of people use him as an alternative source for news and a more trusted source for news than those places. Because he sells himself that way. Maybe not intentionally, but he definitely, that's the image that you get from his show. And, and, not only him, but a lot of his guests, especially the problematic ones, tend to do that too. And it tends to be this alternative voice thing that they're trying to, you know, uh, the the mainstream media is trying to silence <clears throat> me. So this is my only outlet. Yeah. So listen but, to me. But then the other thing is, on the other hand, if you disagree with these people, you let them come on the show and you let them hang themselves with their own words, especially mm-hmm. if you truly believe that. They're not as intelligent as they come across in their sound bites. Yeah. And well, occasionally, occasionally he'll do that. He'll speak up and say, well, why do you feel that okay, way? Okay, well, I'm glad you said that because that is, that's my biggest issue with Joe Rogan yeah. as a podcaster. Right. Is I feel all the time he lets these people come on a show and he doesn't check them. Right. And then what's most frustrating is later on he will say things where it's like, but why didn't you say that to Ben Shapiro? Because that's truly how you feel. Mm-hmm. And now that you're amongst your friends, right. you why didn't you just... You, it doesn't have to be a fight, but you you let him get away with a lot of shit. And by not speaking up, you're co-signing. Right. So, suffice to say, it's it's a very complicated thing being, <laughs> being a fan of Joe Rogan and, and kind of navigating where we are right now. Where yeah. it's like if... To some people, if you're like, yeah, I listen to the Rogan podcast, so like, ugh, you're one of those kind of people. It's like, right. ouch, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I think that says more about them than it does about you, though. It does, but it's also really, it's super disappointing to for for what is. And I, I hate, I hate to phrase it this way because it's just so gross to me. But mm-hmm. there are people who give the quote unquote liberal left a bad name when it comes to. Being accepting of other, of course, of, of, like you know, of course, yeah. I don't know. Either way, there are some very non-liberal liberals. <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. We're not here to discuss that, but I did want to kind of give some, com- uh, some uh, context, context for, to, yeah. to. So Rogan, being the greatest and biggest podcaster in the game. Well, I wouldn't say greatest. Well, but... not from a skill standpoint, right? Um, who would you though? I mean, I don't want to say it. Say it. Us. Yeah. There you go. Us. Who would you put at number two? Uh, number two. Oh, that's tough. That's really. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I love, I love the Dana Gould Hour. That's I good. feel like yeah, really I good. feel like no one produces <laughs> a podcast as well as he does. He makes it a show, right? And I like that sheen to it. Like it's it's its own thing. It's a product. It's a it's a it's like a production that I really appreciate mm. um so that your number one or number two obviously not us i think I, yeah i think he he's probably my number two mm. he's probably my number two um i mean wtf is consistently that's, that's my choice fantastic i yeah. think i think I, I know i wouldn't be doing this yeah if it wasn't for discovering mark Merritt's I, show. I, he's I think my my uh, my pantheon of podcasts, as as far as like uh, single podcasters, I'm not counting in like um, 
my favorite murder and stuff like that right is like groups like us right um this is because we're number one exactly uh in in the in the two part or yeah, yeah. two two person crew mm-hmm. of podcasters for sure for um sure. i think number one would probably be mark Marin for me yeah um number two would probably be dana Gouldauer. yeah and then number three for me would be rogan yeah i think that's that's probably my my uh trinity yeah. Uh, as far yeah. as single podcasters I, go. Yeah, I could yeah, I respect that. Mm. I respect did he, that. did you listen to his Lynn Shelton episode? I can't. I can't. It's rough. I started and thirty seconds in I was like, I'm I'm gonna break down. I yes. can't I can't handle this. Because I mean, with podcasting, you get you you really get to know these people and you really become attached to these people and out uh, like with her for instance, <clears throat> she started like popping up in his on his instagram and stuff yeah for yeah, yeah. like before i realized that like, they were a thing right she started popping up on there and i was like oh does mark have a new, a new fling <laughs> new girlfriend Good for him Ooh. and then i started listening i started you know going back through the episodes right. and like trying to find because i'm weird like that trying to find like the genesis of is this a thing their relationship and yeah. then i you know obviously she's been around and she's been on the show and yeah you know he interviewed her he you know he, he reposted the interview mm, the from, 2015, like, 2015 yeah. yeah and i mean like I said, I couldn't get through it, but yeah. the stuff that he was saying about her that he finally started to feel like he understood what love meant mm-hmm. and what it meant to give love and to receive yeah. love. Especially knowing his story of, you know, being divorced multiple times yeah. and like and really having a bad run of it and dating really young girls and stuff yeah, right. and like not really finding his place and then finally finding somebody. Finally. And then he got you just you just you know, just well, heart, if, heartbroken for him. I guess for people who don't know, uh, Mark Marin was dating Lynn Shelton, who's yeah. a director, writer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they were dating for about a year, I think, and she just unexpectedly passed away. Yeah, from like a, had, a blood she, disease or some, something, some undiagnosed blood condition. That yeah, she had. right. So he he uh, whenever somebody <laughs> passes away who's on his show, uh, he always posts a like retrospective interview of theirs for free. Yeah, because he's had. Literally everyone and their mother on the show. <laughs> right, so he exactly. Has that in his bank. Yeah, so he he reposted his uh, 2015, his very first interview uh, with her, and uh, started it and ended it with uh, like just talking about what happened and their relationship. Yeah. No, um, I I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh I had God. to. I had to turn it off. I I'll, I'll probably never be able to sit through that. Yeah. It was. It's, it's very brutal. It, I mean, it's 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 beautiful in a way, and it it really. Uh, it made me appreciate this platform more than I think I ever have uh, mm. of being able to break down barriers. And even though you're just hearing somebody's voice for an hour or two, like the amount of uh, personal kind of connection you get with people is, uh, I think something that people don't really realize in the moment. Yeah. But listening to that, I, I felt like I was sitting across from him. Yeah. Talk about it. And it, it broke my heart, but you know, I, it um, it's really powerful. I recommend listening to it if you can get through it, but it's definitely tough. Yeah, especially listening to the actual interview because like they click like crazy. Right. So you can tell there's something there, but <laughs> real bummer. Well, <laughs> to kind of <laughs> shift direction on it, um, the reason we bring this all up is because Joe Rogan, the the guy on the top of Mount Olympus right now for for podcast right um, proves yet again that money is king. 
and he signs an exclusive licensing deal with Spotify to be the home of his show going forward. So mm. right now the shows are going to be up for free as they always are, and they're going to remain free. You just have to go to Spotify to, to get, get them. them. Right. So the bank is going to slowly start moving its way over to Spotify, mm-hmm. and then I guess by the end of the year, yeah, he'll be exclusively on Spotify right. and In- everything. Including the video content. Right. This is really interesting <clears throat> because if you've been paying attention to the Joe Rogan show for a while, the Joe Rogan experience. Mm-hmm. If you've been paying attention for the past like year or so, the writing has been on the, on the wall yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, first he stopped doing live shows, mm-hmm. so the podcast went. It, the podcast became a pre-recorded show, and the reason that that is so significant is because Joe Rogan's show was famously a live broadcast, right? And he would bring on people like Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson or Milo and Yanalapalopoulos. Uh-huh. Nailed it. <laughs> and in real time, you got to see how these interactions took place. Right. These were live interviews. These people couldn't make mistakes. They couldn't step over their words. They had to um, bring it, basically. Yeah. You know, unless he was talking to like one of his comedian friends. And even when he was talking to them, like if they said some problematic shit, like (laughs) that was it. It was live. It was right there. There was no fuck. There was no. And so that's what a lot of people appreciated about the show. They were on that schedule. You know, he would say, you know, live, live episode incoming in, you know, an hour or whatever. And people Mm -hmm. would tune in and watch it live. Yeah. So. I remember, I don't remember the, the, the specific episode, but I remember when the episode started becoming pre-recorded shows and everyone's going, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And most people, because his um, fan base is filled with, I'd say, 30 to 40 percent, for that, 30 to 40 percent mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists. For sure. So the first thing that they think is... Eddie Bravo. He's a, yeah, Eddie Braj <laughs> in the comments section going... Joe Rogan's become a government shill <laughs> and you know that's why he his show is pre-recorded now so he can edit out all the all of the propaganda and blah yep. blah blah right The reptiles got to him <clears throat> But if you listen closely you'll hear the whispers of it and for my money and for what it seems like he started having to do that because if some wild shit got said on the show mm-hmm. demonetized Of course Boom. of course and Rogan's uh, stature on YouTube is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's where I, I can only imagine a good portion of his revenue comes from mm-hmm. is is the, the, the YouTube channel. He right. gets so many views on there. Yeah. Besides, like, sponsorships. So if you can th- think about <clears throat> this, guys. Okay, we're at what? We're at about an hour and a half in. Yeah. Think if we spoke for another hour and a half just to make zero money from it. Now, obviously, that's not our reality because we make so much money off we of this do. show. Yeah. Like we do, yeah. Of course. But imagine all that money getting taken away. Yeah. You spent an you spent three hours talking to fucking Blake Shelton <laughs> just for you to not get Why any Blake fucking, Shelton? I don't know, dude. It's the first name that came to my okay. mind. I was just trying to think of the most random fucking name. All right. And you don't get any money from that because right. Blake Shelton called one black guy a nigger. Just one. <laughs> just one. God damn it, I'm not Blake. saying that he would say it. Right. But if he did, and if there was a guy who would, right, it's probably him. Oh, so, <laughs> fuck Blake Shelton. Um, and the whole thing gets de- demonetized. 
because of that one thing. And right. it's live recording, so you can't go back afterward. Well, and, and on top of that, it's not just... Not, it, whoa. The fuck? Oh. Are we okay? <laughs> I think so. Sound like a ghost in the machine. That was weird. Uh, it, it, it's not just you, though. It's not just... It's not just Joe Rogan sitting there by himself in the studio. Yeah. He has staff. He has a team. Yeah. So that means he He's can't. He's got young Jamie. Right. He can't pay Jamie. Can't pay Jamie. Right. So it, it's not. I, I, I think people underestimate how how much stable money means to a show. Right. You know, like. It's well, they a look at him and they say, well, you're hosting the UFC and you've got enough money. And it's like, yeah, man, but. This, this train gets mo- keeps moving yeah. because I'm making this money. Exactly. And and to make it worth doing for, I'm sure they're sitting there for like five hours a day. Yeah. Right? I can only imagine how much time and energy they put into producing the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm talking specifically just interview time, getting the guests ready. Oh, yeah. Hanging for sure. out for a minute. At least five hours. Right. So um, five hours to record the show. Right. And then and, probably another 12 to, to get it out, you know, like, and as a finished product. Yeah, man. You know? The, I mean, dude, we do this here, and it, it, it takes us le- half of that time, and it's still, like, an effort. Yeah. It's still, you have to put work in. This is hard. It's not easy. It's not. We make it look easy. That's right. Mm-hmm. So imagine someone on Joe Rogan's level. Yeah. But people don't. And that's my whole thing. It's like it's hard to try to convince people to be understanding and empathetic of yeah. things like especially when it comes to millionaires and billionaires. Of course, yeah. There's no empathy for people who've made that kind of money. No. And it's like, I mean, just because they have a lot of money doesn't mean that they're not human beings. Right. And 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 the lot that shit is I'm not defending Jeff Bezos, but <laughs> it's hard like this shit is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos is sitting in his mansion making money hand over fist and mm. hand over foot or whatever yeah. <laughs> every every way that he could make money they're just throwing at it they they come by with vacuums turned on in the opposite and just blow him with money yeah i get that he probably pays extra to get blown with money <laughs> but you know there's still a level of empathy that i think every it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> trying to Quit defending the rich. I'm trying to just pull some humanity out of the yeah. out of the Twitter sphere. <laughs> just come on, just a little bit. Uh, so, um, I forgot where we were going with well, that diatribe. My my question for you is, obviously we've we've seen mixed reactions to this. Uh-huh. Some people are saying congrats, Joe. Other people are. I, I remember where we were going, but 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 answer your question. <laughs> other what, what? other people are saying you're a fucking sellout. Yeah, you know so does this affect your opinion on him? Will this affect your, your listenership of his show? Do you think this is a, a an issue or are you okay with that, uh, with his move? Not that it matters, I guess, because the money talks, but, right. you know. Well, okay, to wrap up that whole thing, and then I'll answer your question. Basically, he, I think, and he hasn't said anything, but, a lot of people think this. He had to make the move to Spotify because these outside sources were starting to really cut into his money. Yeah. YouTube was cutting into his money. Mm-hmm. Having his show spread out through Stitcher and and YouTube and iTunes and everywhere else you can get them yeah. spreads his money out. And if he can get a $100 million deal with Spotify and be able to record the show and not have to worry about you know, losing sponsors because... 
uh, uh, Johnson and Johnson doesn't like that, you know, he's inter- in interviewing Wiz Khalifa or something. Right. He doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. It gives him more freedom. So that's why you make that move. So <clears throat> to it, taking that into account, I don't feel any differently about him. In fact, I'm happy for him. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, I mean, he's showing like, you know, obviously this is, you have to kind of um, extrapolate it because he's Joe Rogan, but right. you still, there's still people who, when you're in the same art form, you look at them and you go, that's the top of this thing. That's yeah. where this could go. Right. And anytime someone pushes it to the next level of atmosphere where it's like, oh, it can go even further. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it could go that far. Yeah. You look at that and you go, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Or hopefully I could do that. I hope to do that. Yeah. So it's motivational in that regard. But I'm I can't lie to you. Yes, it's gonna affect listening to him mm-hmm. because I listen to my podcast on Apple. And like, I'm not going to lie. Are, like, are you just, you're not going to download Spotify? I to... have Spotify, but I don't feel like switching between it, like Stitcher, Apple and Spotify to get oh my, my podcast. Like I'm not I'm so listen, sorry. I'm if, so sorry. That's such a burden on you. To, you asked motherfucker. To, to you click asked the button. Okay. Once. You asked and I'm telling you the truth. Okay. Listen, as petty and as lazy as it may be, <laughs> as you are, as I am. I just, you know, I, it, unless he has like a really, really interesting guest, I just, it's not so much that it takes any effort. I'll just forget to go to Spotify. On yeah. When you're on Apple, when you have all of your podcasts just in a row, in a list, like I'll just go through one episode ends. Right, yeah, yeah. They'll, they auto start. You just go through all of your shows yep. and you can just let it play and you don't even have to touch it and you have all your subs and all that. Every, it, it's it's set up perfectly. I have my podcastosphere set up perfectly right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got my Delia. I got my Tiger Belly. I got my fucking Bill Simmons podcast. Yep. My Rogan. I got my Two Bears One Cave. My Your Mom's House. Obviously, my Wednesdays aren't complete until Your Mom's House comes of course. out. Of course. I have my thing set up. All right. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just like I'll just. Mostly, I'll just forget. Yeah. Well, it's the ecosystem that you're working in. Yeah. You know? What do you think? I mean, do you, I mean, are you, do you listen to his show enough that you're like, well, okay, I'll just follow him over to this next platform and, and just stay abreast of everything that he's got going on over there? Now, I listen to most of my podcasts on the uh, Apple podcast app. Yeah. So that's an issue for me. But at the same time, I have, not to flex, premium Spotify. Flex on them. <laughs> you got that Spotify. That Spotify pre- uh-huh. That Spotify. Uh-huh. No that ads. It's that Splat. It's that Spotify, sweetheart. Zero ads. No ads. No ads. Fuck that. Uh, Fuck you, MeUndies. So, so I have that already, and I listen to my music on that. That's my primary music app. So it, it's not a big deal for me to sub him on that and just scroll down to podcasts if I'm on Spotify already and go, oh, yeah, there's new Joe Rogan out. Boop. Play uh, that. Okay. So that's fine. However, I agree with you that if I'm just listening to podcasts on my podcast app, I'm not going to think to go, let me see what's going on with Joe Rogan on Spotify. Right. I'm going to have to already be on Spotify listening to music and go, 
see us up with Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know? It's like you're at a, a house party and all of your friends are there. And then you have the one friend who's at a house over. Where it's like, <laughs> right. it doesn't take any effort. They're to in get, the guest house. They're right there, yeah. right? But you're still kind of like, just why do you have to be in your here. own come, fucking thing? Get o- c- come over here. Yeah. I don't want to so, go over there. I don't want to go all the way. I have to leave everyone else to come over to you. Right. And yeah, I'm sure it'd be really fun over there too. But like, everyone's over here already. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm interested to see if this changes his content in any way. He's He said that... The show's going to remain the same. Everything's going to be exactly the same. You're just going to find it in a different place. Yeah. But with that being said, if he has more um, financial stability to interview more wild guests or have people have off-the-wall opinions on stuff, I'm, I'm wondering how far they're going to push it uh, if he has that freedom to not worry about being demonetized. Yeah. I think I think that it... Uh I think it's going to allow him to say even crazier shit. Not to say that Joe Rogan, like makes a a a well I shouldn't say that. <laughs> like I was gonna say he doesn't make a career out of saying crazy shit, but yeah. I think he unintentionally makes a career out of yeah. saying crazy shit. Like yeah. I don't think it's his focus to be like, I'm gonna say something weird right now. He just says shit right and then it becomes by the nature of being the most Super popular, popular right. yeah, yeah. You're yeah. just you're just gonna You're under the microscope. News. And it it bothers me that he like when these things happen, he always has the stance of, I don't get it, man. I, don't, I mean, people, I don't know why people give a shit. And it's like, why do you pretend like you're not a big deal? Yeah. I mean, and this goes back to the book that I'm working on. Like he's fucking <laughs> stop humbling yourself for these people who don't do anything with their lives and then look at you like you're nothing. Like right. you're the biggest podcaster in the world. Own it. Own it. Yeah. You're the fucking shit, man. Whether people hate you I, I or said, whether own they it, like you. Not on it. <laughs> right. Own it. Own it. Stop with the kettleballs. We're not talking about kettlebells. The kettleballs. His big fat kettleballs <laughs> between his legs. Like, just acknowledge <sighs> the fact that when you say something, a vast majority, especially on 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 the internet, on yeah. Twitter, on Reddit boards, like, I, dog, I, you move, <sighs> you move things. There, like you have a significant sway yeah, over I, a large portion of people. I genuinely think that he knows that, and he just says that in order to downplay his his power, right? In order to, I think, I think in a good way, in a in a positive way, in an ethical way, try to tell people, I'm not the end all be all. Yeah, you may put me on this pedestal uh, as an entertainment source, as maybe even a news source. But at the same time, like, I'm just an entertainer. I have a this position of power and influence. Mm-hmm. But please don't see me in that way. Because I, I shouldn't be your only source for information. My problem with that is he, he, he only does that after the fact. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your mom's house, for instance. Yeah. I mean, Christina Pajitsky and Tom Segura, I think both... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it out loud. I think they're both better than Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, Tom Segura is obviously funnier than Joe Rogan. I, I agree with that. But for I sure. would say, I'd say some of Christina's bits on her. I don't know if you've watched her stand up, Mother Inferior. No, I haven't. She's really funny. Yeah. Like, really funny. I've been meaning and, to. Are they on Netflix? Yeah. Mother mm. Inferior. And I think she did like a Degenerates thing. Like, you know, they have that series on yeah. Netflix. Yep. Um, and she's really funny. She's a good comedian. Like, she's mm-hmm. a pure. 
she's just funny. Yeah. And some of her bits, I think, are funnier than Joe Rogan's bits. So it's not like Joe Rogan is like, I would. Joe Rogan wouldn't even sniff my top ten, let alone top yeah. fifteen of comedians. Right. But you can't turn around and be like, I'm just a comedian, man, mm-hmm. and then have Bernie Sanders on your show mm-hmm. and other political candidates and spend an inordinate amount of time talking about politics and conspiracy theories and all of these things. You don't get to turn around and be like, but 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 I'm but I'm just a comedian, dude. Yeah, yeah I get that. Because you have stepped foot now into this sphere yeah now you he's, he's bring got a, on like a, that attention he's got a social responsibility I, yeah of course and and if you if your perspective is whatever dude i just say whatever i want and people can listen to me or they don't then that's fine i i i'm on board with that opinion too because it's like you're right people should be smart enough to do their own research and just because joe rogan says something doesn't mean that it's fact yeah. And Joe Rogan's research sometimes is just, oh, I saw something that interested me. Joe Rogan is um, guilty of confirmation bias mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. A lot of times he just finds something that fits the narrative mm-hmm. and it's an entertaining thing to talk about. And then that's it. Yeah. And people like to say that he's like super reasonable and he's middle of the road. And oh, no, he you can know, double he down on an oh, idea. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. When he gets something in his head that he is super into and thinks that that's the truth, like that's it. Yeah. And I'm not like he has gone back on a lot of arguments. So don't come in here acting like I don't know. I've listened to enough. Like he's definitely corrected himself. Yeah. But he is definitely guilty of confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you as the consumer to be smart enough to say, uh, where's he getting that information? Yeah. And if you do don't, some research. Right. And if you don't do that research, then yeah, I think that's on you. I don't think that that's Joe Rogan's fault that you went back and parroted some crazy shit that Joe Rogan said to your fucking family members or your yeah. boss. Or and, just, just an opinion. Like his yeah. opinion on something isn't law, isn't right. fact. No, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't owe anybody just because he has a larger platform but i think that he does i wish that he would more i think i wish that he would acknowledge that larger platform more and Mm -hmm. stop pretending as if he's not reaching hundreds of millions of people every every week yeah multiple times a week right i just wish that he would stop pretending like maybe he couldn't do it if he had that weight on his shoulders all the time though well yeah i mean and and i mean he doesn't have to every episode be like what's up 350 million people <laughs> no I, I mean more of like he he couldn't book the same people he would to try to unravel whatever truths they may have or their opinions or their contrarian opinions on something uh if he was constantly thinking about this opinion might hurt somebody you know yeah that yeah so i i, that, <clears throat> I think it just goes i i, I really think Honestly, I think he has to be smart enough to realize his his position of power. I, I truly believe that. I mean, if he's concerned with, or, or I guess if he's not concerned with, with hurting people, I just don't, I don't think that it's fair for somebody in his position to just be like, whatever, you know, yeah. do with that information as you will. Like, yeah. we can do that on this level, being right behind him. And right, in second place. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. But for him to be at the level that he's at, there has to be just at least a little bit of acknowledgement of, of 
the sway that he holds. And I'm he, not saying yeah. to change anything. I don't want him to change anything. Yeah. I just want him to stop pretending like mm-hmm. he, he's not important to people. Yeah. He very much should do that. I think I, I want him to interview whoever he wants to. I want him to give a platform to whoever he feels right to do that with. But I also think he does need to realize publicly what his position of power is. Would you listen to Joe Rogan interview like Hitler? Yeah. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would. for sure. A hundred percent. Are you kidding me? I think the reason I asked that other than the shock, obviously <laughs> is <clears throat> the number one argument against Joe Rogan is, well, I guess this is one of the number one arguments. A lot of people have issues. Multiple number one arguments. The One of the biggest ones is that he enables these people who yeah. shouldn't be enabled, right? And right. So a lot of people think Gives that... Gives them a platform. And, yeah, and, and if, you know, if you're on one side of the argument, you go, well, if you put Milo Yabalakjabalus uh-huh. on the show, you let him hang himself with enough rope, right? right. He's going to walk off that plank because he's not intellectual enough and he's not savvy enough he will confirm all of the things that you have issue with right you give him three hours to talk about himself and to talk about his views he'll hang himself with his words yeah on the other hand people go why even give him the rope why even give him the platform to jump off of Mm -hmm. if we can just not even acknowledge his existence yeah i don't know man I don't know because on on the one hand, I don't know, I don't know. It's tough because there's there's somebody made an argument that like if you just if you don't do nothing and you just let people say whatever the fuck they want, because I I I believe that you you should be able to let people just say whatever they want sure. and let them hang themselves with their words. That's yeah. I believe that, but. At the same time, somebody, I don't remember who made this argument, but it was compelling to me at the time that, like, how did we get to a point of, you know, I wouldn't say full racial equality, but we're, we're definitely working our way towards it. If we didn't at some point say, you you can't say those things to colored people. You right. can't do those things to colored people. Yeah. At, you know, But you're and, taking away my freedoms, Marco. Right. And that's the thing. It, it it it's a tough thing because like your first amendment right is your first amendment sure. amendment right but it doesn't stop me from punching you in the exactly. face exactly i think that's the most important thing to remember is of course you can say whatever you want the government's not stopping you from saying whatever you want right the issue is that you will be held accountable for saying that whether that's with your job losing your job potentially mm-hmm. uh losing a sponsorship uh um, yeah getting kicked out of school yeah whatever it is you know like uh, you're still held responsible and you all deserve it (laughs) i just want you to know that all of you dumb sons of bitches who go viral on tiktok for saying and doing racist shit Mm -hmm. you deserve it but there are only 21 i want you to understand something a child marco you deserve it i don't care how old you are you deserve it (laughs) no i do care if you're like 13 then your dad needs to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Or Mentally. somebody needs to beat the shit out of your dad. <laughs> right. Somebody needs to beat the shit out of your dad. Yeah. But if you're about to graduate high school, yeah, no, fuck you that. deserve it. Right. You don't get to go to Yale. Nope. Okay? And Sorry, Yale bud. should be like, you're not Yale material, bitch. Right. 
That's exactly what the letter says. <laughs> Sincerely. It's just those words. John Yale of dear, Yale University. Dear po- potential applicant, you're not Yale material, bitch. Signed, John Yale. Mm-hmm. Of um, Yale and Sons. <laughs> Clearly, I went to an Ivy League school. Clearly. Clearly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to let's just cap this baby off. All right. Um, Joe Rogan signs huge deal. What that means for podcasting. We don't know yet, and it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes from here. Like, does do other podcasters sign these big deals? Do you see the return of like Adam Carolla? Right? Mm. Does he give a Does he get a big show on Spotify now that there, that door's open? Maybe. I mean, I I think that uh, Joe Rogan uh, obviously holds a lot of sway, <clears throat> especially in the podcast world. So we may see a a push to to get over to that platform yeah. especially when when we finally see what the numbers are for an exclusive deal yeah what what's that going to mean for other podcasts mm-hmm. because he famously is somebody who was doing everything on his own for the most part you yeah. know it was his own operation mm-hmm. and he you know he has told multiple people to just start your own show and don't worry about these networks. They they try to come in, nitpick the show, try to take money from you. You don't need them. You don't need them. You don't need them. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and signs an exclusive deal right. with a with an audio giant. Yeah, and he says that it's not going to change the show, and he's he does they don't own anything. That it's mm-hmm. just a licensing deal. But Joe, they own something, right? right they right. own. Something distribution rights. You have to distribute with them, so right. they own something. Yeah, so For it's sure. going to be very interesting For to sure. see what happens. I'd next. like to see that contract to see what yeah, it says. That would be very interesting. Yeah, I would love to see a lot of contracts, bro. Yeah, a lot of them. I would love to sit down and just like go through, pour through all these. Like, why rappers sign these dumb deals? Why R and B sing? Like, why? Why is Taylor Swift fighting to get her own records back? Why, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I would love to see the deal that she signed when she was a kid that her parents let her sign mm-hmm. and that they didn't hire a lawyer. And if they did, this dumb fucking lawyer, what he read over and was like, this is fine. Nine times out of ten, it's because they're desperate and they see this as their one shot yeah. to get their kid some stardom. Yeah. And then they take it. Or, if you know, you're living in a project building and suddenly you get a record deal. What are you going to do? What you do? You get somebody yeah. offers you a hundred thousand dollars. Walk off hundred thousand dollars. We own your records, but here's a little bonus for you. We'll see how much money you make uh, once your record comes out. We believe in you, though. I was I was talking to somebody about the whole call her daddy controversy. Have you seen that? I don't think so. We don't really need to go into details. Okay. We're already had like two hours. We should probably get out of here. Joe but, Rogan. Um, I'll give you the cliff notes. Okay. Call her daddy. You know what call her daddy is? Call her daddy? Call her daddy. No. It's a podcast with two super hot chicks that just like talk about, you know, fucking and sucking. Okay. And it's like, you know, it's just like two college age girls, you know, girls in like their mid 20s. Okay. Who are brutally honest about relationships and sex and things like that. It's like sex in the city. Yeah. And it's refreshing for for young women to listen to and go... Mm. Yeah, I identify with that. Me and my friends talk like that all the time. Right. Finally, a show. Yada. Okay. Yada, yada. Right? Yeah, I see the angle. They signed with Barstool's, Barstool. Okay. Barstool has, a, I guess... A, they have a, a platform? A big enough platform to, to sign these girls to multi-thousand dollar deals. Okay. So here's, 
here's what was told to me by the person who listens to this. All right. So they call her daddy was an instant success, blew up on Barstool. Right. And they signed these two girls to these big budget contracts worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Okay. The flip side of that is Barstool owns the rights to pretty much everything. They came up with the name, I guess, the merchandise, um, the distribution, everything. Barstool Mm. just uh, just owns it. They basically own the show. I don't know if these margins are correct, but from what I was told, Barstool owns like 90% of everything, right? Terrible idea. So I guess... Again, I don't want to get into too many details because it gets murky and kind of weird, and I don't gossiping is it's not the <laughs> same as like, you know, us speculating on our nerd opinions. Right. I don't of like course. the gossiping part. Yeah. But I guess one of them finally wised up to what was going on, the uh-huh. deal that they signed, because they I guess she um, got together with her boyfriend, um, who was smart enough to go, "You're getting fucked, and not by me, but <laughs> right. by this contract." And they now they're holding out, okay, right? And the guy who runs Barstool has taken over the feed for the page, and he like aired the whole thing nice. out. It's getting really messy. It's getting really gross. The chairman, the chairman yeah. of Barstool. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Did you mean to do that? I think that's his actual like candle. <laughs> yeah, but but the chairman of Barstool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say you meant to do. I that. think that's what was intended. I'm gonna say you meant general. to do that. Um, (laughs) so yeah, he's aired this whole thing out. It's gotten really messy, but it brings us to these deals that Mm. people will sign when they have nothing left. Yeah. And when they want that stardom really bad. And that's the thing. Like, of course it's in that, in that company's best interest to make as much money as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. But they're also coming in with a huge advantage of being able to provide so much to these artists yeah, and being able to, uh, you know, have, have a lawyer, a savvy lawyer who knows exactly what they can do and what they can't do. Yeah. And you're talking to civilians <laughs> in this thing yeah. who will get swayed easily. So, yeah. and, uh, you know, you have an ethical responsibility, but of course it's a an business. An ethical responsibility and a moral responsibility, some would say. Yeah. I mean, from a capitalistic standpoint, you have no responsibility. Of course not. Um, but I think that, excuse me, I don't know. It's just, it's the individual's responsibility in that, it, in that case. Definitely. I believe that through and through that right. it is the individual's responsibility to be smart enough about what they're signing and to be savvy enough. But you can see why somebody wouldn't be Hell yeah. savvy or dude. wouldn't just jump on that. Yeah. I was telling this person that I was talking to like, dude, if, if, the, if, if somebody, if it, Interscope came to me at 23 and was like, we're going to take 90 off the top, but here's $500,000 to record your album. In my head, I would have been like, I'm talented enough to recoup that for them and then some. So yeah. I'll take that deal. Right. Because I'm good enough. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Not knowing that that is the <laughs> shittiest fucking thing that I could sign, regardless of if I'm the next Tupac. That's the dumbest fucking right. thing to sign. Um, Own and your now, masters, baby. Right. And now, where I'm at now... I'm smart enough to say, look, dude, I've been struggling, bro. You're not going to change. You're not going to change my I'm life. I'm here. Yeah. I've been here. I've been here. Right. So if you want to help me out, if you want to, you know, you know, scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah. Then 
I have to own my masters. You're not going to, I worked for this. Yeah. And I've been struggling over this for years. You're not going to take this from me. So it has to be an artist friendly deal. Yeah. It has to be, or I'm not going to sign because yeah. I'm going to go back and do what I've been doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so it has to be an artist friendly deal, but you only get that going through shit and having close calls yeah. and reading these contracts and smartening up and then right. and seeing your peers get fucked by these people yeah. like but if you're 18 you don't have the perspective you don't know shit no right. you don't know shit i'd say 18 to fucking 28 dog yeah. i i've only i feel recently have this perspective yeah. of i know in my bones that they'll never be able to take advantage of me because of what i've seen yeah but it took that long yeah i so, think I, the, the closer you get to 30 and plus yeah. uh the more perspective you have on life in general mm -hmm. and you, you only get more you, you start to hopefully. see the curve of the earth you know <laughs> right you're, you're able to see it for what it is it's not flat anymore mm -hmm. you start to get more perspective on things so yeah so yeah. they <clears throat> they're in a contract dispute now over the show and everything and it's just super messy but it's really it's really indicative of read those contracts bro don't sign shit. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't sign shit. Uh, maybe that's the title for this episode. Don't sign shit. I wouldn't sign shit. I wouldn't sign shit. Okay. Um, one thing you can sign is us off of this podcast. Let's do it. Right. But before we get out of here, we have to do what we always do, my friend. Mm -hmm. We have to rate this beer. And it comes from the Sideward Brewing Company. It's the all-together. Well, it's their version of the all-together beer. Right. Um, theirs is an IPA, a hazy IPA at 6.5 ABV. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, a worldwide collaboration brewed to support hospitality professionals. A great company, a great idea, a great thought, a great brewery with yep. great people. But was the beer great? Spoiler alert. It was. <laughs> I really liked it. It's super good. Um, I mean, again, like the thing that we always jump back to when the beer doesn't have like its own like highlighted notes and flavors and all this jazz is like it's just really well balanced. Right. And it is what it is. It, 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 it does everything it, it should do as a hazy IPA, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Not overly strong. 6.5 is pretty mild. Um, pretty drinkable, but it, it definitely has that classic hazy IPA flavor, pretty bitter. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to like IPAs obviously to enjoy this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this is another really solid beer. Um, remind me, do we do, uh, the split votes here? Do we do 4.75s? Can we do that? We've done it in the past. We have done it in the past. It annoys me every time, but. I'll allow it, but I'll tell you what, I don't like it, huh. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm because, uh, because in this court of law, we've set the precedent already. I know, but maybe we, maybe we just stop doing that. We can stop doing that. I don't like it. You want to stop doing that? Do you want to force Wanted my hand? To. Don't like it. Never liked it. Never we can, will. We only stick to point fives. Yep. Okay. It's too messy. You start doing 2.5 or 0 0.25, 0 0.75. You just cut the 0 0.5 in five half. 0.5 eighths. No. Like, what are we you doing? You just cut the 0 0.5 in 0 half. Six That's all it is. 6.8. I don't want to do that. All right. All right. Well, okay. All right. So this is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to bump it up to a five. 
Okay. I'll give you a reason behind that. I'd love to hear it. It's a very tasty beer. For the purpose behind it alone, it gets the bump to the five. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's a beer that makes me feel good to drink. A morality play. There it is. It's five. A, it tastes good, and you feel good. Exactly. Five for Obesius. Uh, I am going to give it a four and a half. I'll split the difference. I know Son you of a wanted bitch. It. I know you wanted it. You wanted 4.75 or something in between there. I split the difference with you. Okay. Um, I mean, not to say that I disagree with you on any on any one point because everything you said is pretty much perfectly well said. It it's a it's a really well balanced beer. Um, it does its job. It's very solid. You know what they're going. You know you're not you're not trying to get these weird notes of something, no. and you're not trying to do anything like super interesting. You it know? is what it is. Sideword has a way of being very good at. Let's just do that one thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like their lager's great. The 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 pills that they made to just shotgun, great. Yeah. This is great. Like they're very good at a no nonsense beer. Yeah. No and, uh, yeah, they they uh they knocked it out of the park with some some real real good basics, you know? Yes, yes. They're very very good at just this is what you get. Yeah. There, there, there you go. And that art. Look at and that look at artwork. The, look at the art. That artwork. Incredible. So, four and a half for myself and a five for you, sir. Yeah, girl. You, you think we got it? I think so. Oh, let's get the fuck out of oh, here. Oh, my shalady. I'm going to go listen to some Joe Rogan now. We're going to watch him um, talk to Tony Hawk or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. let's do that. I say that and it sounds ridiculous, but he actually is talking, <laughs> actually to, Tony talking to Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? All right. Well, this has been the One Baron Podcast. For myself, Marco Dupa. For Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Wash your hands, y'all. Drink delicious beer. uh, Like, share, and subscribe anywhere the podcasts are listened to and sold and whatnot. And uh, have a beautiful evening. We love you.